You're listening to Thursday Nights Season 4, Episode 49. right into it with a little bit of what Rika has been up to uh, since last we saw her and last we saw her was with Doom of the Donkey uh, up at the top of the the top of the thing which was a delightful little uh, vignette. Are you ready? I am ready. To just launch into it. I'm ready to launch in. Would you like like adventuring music kind of like our intro music? I'd like to start with the snowy music. I'd like to start with the snowy music. Okay. And then I can transition it into adventuring music, or I can keep it more uh, generic wilderness. Um, we'll have the uh, more generic wilderness afterwards. Okay. I have a peaceful wilderness one. Otherwise, I can just do a... This yeah. This holiday, <laughs> this holiday season, live the, magic. the camera opens on Ricka trudging through the snow alone through a bitter and lifeless land. Whips, um, wind is whipping at her face, and its whistling is drowning out her muttered curses of like fucking pot-bellied, two-faced arsehole, traitorous, blind, more grumbling and dwarven, and and you see her walking along, and then all of a sudden she hears a whistling that's like almost like the wind, but not quite there. And she turns just fast enough to see a rather disgruntled-looking projectile of feathers dive-bombing her. Um, And after she gets up, brushes the snow off of herself, yells a few curses, she sees that there's a little falcon on the ground looking smug, and it hasn't left. She tries to shoo it off, and it hasn't left. And um, most importantly, it wasn't yet dead from the collision with her helmet, which cues her into something a little strange. Um, In fact, the little torpedo is looking at her pretty exasperated, and she just ventures, Scrimcorn? And the bird looks very offended. Uh, Ah, right. Um, Well, Anga? Okay, sorry, Anga. Uh, didn't mean to hurt your feelings. The fuck are you doing here? And, uh, Anga sticks her leg up out of the snow, showing off this little message in a capsule. She rattles it a little bit. And, uh, Rika replies, Oh, oh, for me then? Right, there was no need to dive at me, though. And as she reaches for the message on Anga's little leg, uh, Anga takes a nice nip at her fingers and jumps away. Right, right. Not for me, you little shit. No need to fucking bite. And then Anga just flutters up into the air and perches on Rick's helmet. Fucking hell. Guess I got I've got a bird along for the ride. Cue montage. And let's go to this one. Um You see Ricka sitting at a campfire, eating meager rations. And you see Anga, still a peregrine falcon, 
jump and steal some. Anga, for the last time, you don't even need to eat! Smash cut! <laughs> Rika, singing a melodic dwarven song as she walks through a forest. But every time she hits a high note, Anga shrieks in the most obnoxious way. Fine, fine, I'll stop singing if you stop fucking shrieking. Another smash cut. Rika passing through a small village buying liquor and food. Two children approach her and they ask, Hey lady, hey lady, can we pet your bird? And before Anga can react, Rika grabs Anga off of her helmet with one, he- with one hand around Anga's head and the other around her talons and holds her out, exclaiming with glee, Sure, she loves belly scratches. Smash cut again. Rika's setting up camp. Well, Anga, what do you think? Should we prank Drostin by putting a fake-coded message in his pack, one with no solution that'll drive him crazy for the rest of his life? Or, or, should I forge him a letter from Sir Mandor? Squawk once for the fake code, twice for the letter. Smash cut. (laughs) Rika taking a rest on the side of the road. The weather is more mild. The snow is only present in patches. Anga's sitting on a tree branch, preening herself, and Rika is singing a dwarven drinking song as she gathers some firewood when suddenly Anga squawks, looks at Rika, cocks her head to one side, and then probably disappears. The letter falls to the ground. Bloody hell! Rika shouts, looks around, looking for the bird somewhere. Well, I guess you're needed elsewhere. I I suppose the Rustin would still want this delivered. And she bends down to pick up the letter, unrolls it, and reads. Fade out. Fade out. Fade back in to Bairn sending messages to Rika. Bairn filling her in, casts fill in basically via messages. Multiple casts of sending. (laughs) Multiple casts of sending. And Rika waits for the whole message to be done before Bairn hears the following. Fuck! Fuck, 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 fuck! That traitorous fuck! Right. Well, that explains that letter. Thanks for letting me know. Fuck! This is worse than I'd imagined. I'm close to home, outside Scornabel. I'm to wait in the city for an escort to the keep. Don't worry, that's standard operations. Adric doesn't like anyone going in and out, in or out alone. Yet, I'll keep my wits about me. That said... Tell Drostin he's a fucking slag and that I burned his fucking letter and that he's not allowed to offer himself up for slaughter like that and that Anka and I have some plans for... Back? Uh, where are you guys? You guys are in the snow. Fell <clears throat> pass. Yeah. Kel will be filling in for a character in the coming scenes. Perfect. Baron having well, Baron having just recently received a message from from uh, uh, Rika and now from his father. Uh, you want to replay that one again? Which one? The one from father. So you know what? I was sitting here and I had a bunch of windows open while I was at work, uh, and I was like, "Oh, I should close some of these windows. Close this one. Close this one. Do you want to save this? No, that was nothing." And I was like, "No, wait, that was the message." <laughs> So I was gonna like post that in Slack, but then I forgot. So I don't have it written down. Okay. So I can open up the previous recording and find it. 
Uh, wow. Not right now, though. Not right now. Like, right yeah. now. Okay, so the gist of it was... He said... He, the gist of it was he said... The pertinent details were he said... So, you must have heard the news. Yeah. Uh, I said back, and, and what he, news? He said, blah, blah, blah. One thing he said was, I thought I, I thought I taught you better than to be so sloppy with your words. Yeah. You can't say that you discovered it. Yeah. Adric would not be pleased. It was, yeah. like, it was like a little fatherly chastising going on there. And then you were like, come again? And then he said, uh, the discovery of Kundrakar. Right. Um, uh, uh, I dare say, I think he said, you, you must have been mm. one, uh, of the first. one of the first to step foot inside. He says, I look forward to hearing your report in a day. Okay. That was it. He's got 25 words and he nitpicks. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just shows what kind of dude he is. Sounds like Yasova sucks too. <laughs> he is an honorable dwarf and uh, has been there for the hall in many times of need. Uh, but as a father, he is a bit demanding. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy and an asshole. <laughs> He's a good uh, guy, but I wish he weren't my dad. <laughs> so that's the play, then. Adric says he's found Kundrakar, so that makes this a little more difficult. <clears throat> Do you think your dad knows anything about what Adric's done in the past? I doubt it. I mean, Adric's been killing people to keep that secret. I doubt he's literally let that go wide. Double checking just where this conversation is happening. You're still on the road. You are yeah. on the road one day out, basically oh. one night out from Mithril Hall. One oh. one day north of it. You're that's close. Yeah. And yeah. in, in, in your in all your years, have you heard any? Uh, have there ever has there ever been whispered talk of people who are not fans of Amber Helm? Like. Obviously, you had announced this. Dresden had announced he had found some of this stuff. But has there ever been hints? Now that you look back on it, could there be some dwarves that feel like they knew something but didn't speak up about it? Does that make any sense? <coughs> Mark says, "I." Are we uh, the first? Are we the first? And to uh, if your question is, does, does Azrak have naysayers or enemies? He's got them by the plenty, but that's just the the rub there. He's always able to put one over on the most daunting of foes and tie up those loose ends where he comes out smelling like roses and cream. Uh, he says the amount of people that are against him are not small in number, but uh, but by and large, he's he's highly highly regarded, highly respected, and highly connected in all the major dwarf folds of the north. Uh, he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, and, and, and those naysayers that we speak of, <clears throat> Earning their trust and getting them to uh, to open up their confidences to us will be no no easy feat neither, given the threat that uh, Amberhelm represents and the lessons that his enemies have learnt time and again over these centuries. Mm. Oh, agree. Uh, Amber, uh, Grandpappy Andrick has always been a divisive figure, uh, a talented politician. Always makes a few enemies, but it seems that those who don't like him didn't like him. Didn't like him because of the choices he made as a politician, not not because of discoveries of great betrayals. 
I never heard the reputation that he was a paragon of virtue or anything like that, but at the same time, uh, I don't recall stories of certainly on the magnitude of anything we've uncovered. Uh, he's no blackguard, that's not the uh, reputation he has. I just hate that even with your trusted allies, your mentor and your your son's coming, is your son coming to visit us? Whose son's there? Right. Um, all um, my kids live in Mithril Hall. That even with these people, we're going to be starting at a at a deficit. We're going to be having to to claim that lies are being told today. It's one thing to say he's been, he was lying years ago about his past, but we're going to be leveling accusations to our tr- to your trusted friends. We're going to be leveling accusations about things he did a week ago. Well, that there is the, uh, a point of conversation, Scram, for it's not clear to me at all at this point that we should be telling our secrets and discoveries at large. He says uh, the whole idea of contacting Falderk and Dane and Baird was that we find trusted people who can carry our story in case aught happens to us on the way across this godforsaken land. Should we go? He says the opportunity to tell Berend and uh, receive some sort of greater audience was uh, was something always as a, as a maybe in my mind. Because as we see here, Adric proves himself true once again and seems to have headed us over the past. I'd be curious to know when he claims he found the place, given that the uh, simple days of travel speak well for us uh, finding uh, the, the, uh, the caves, uh, or finding the, uh, the place not too long ago. Uh, walking to the doors of Mithril Hall unaided, They've got to know that we had visited for us, uh, since weeks back with the uh, artifacts we've brought. We'd be surprised to know what all they're claiming to know and what sort of, uh, of uh, <coughs> evidence they've brought on their side. But from my experience with Adric, you, you, you better count on it being fairly airtight. Not just that, but we, I think, would have to assume that the first people arriving to Kundrakar after <coughs> us... Well, the assassins. ...would be the assassins, or I would think even some of his closest confidants, true believers in Amberhelm, because they're going to have to be going in and cleaning up the things that corroborate our story. I, of course. Like, I don't think that he would trust the Mudbeards with with uh, destroying evidence. That was all. Uh, whoever, uh, perhaps we should nay argue with uh, who discovered Kruntikar? Perhaps we should uh, focus on the things we discovered about Kurun You don't get credit. That was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> and impressive. The knowledge was worth it. Uh, but we have Dergeddon's journal. We have Dergeddon's armor. We have Arundel's journals. We have uh, a book of history of Kurun We put Dergeddon's soul to rest. I had a rundel so terrestre, and anyone communicating with the dead would know of it. Could even summon their words. The high enough priest. Uh, my father, he's, I mean, I think he's capable of looking at a spell, the, the, the blessings and prayers of Morden. I think uh, one of them is a, uh, an area of truth where. Uh, person cannot willingly tell a lie so that could be a tool he could I don't know he we, he has the ability to verify our words as truth or not well, to, we to, believe they are to truth. offer to offer to tell our story with that 
zone of truth right. on us to say... Well, what if they ask embarrassing questions? Well, yeah, I'm not uh, going that's... to zone of truth. <laughs> oh, that's actually an element I don't expect uh, a lot of ye, maybe even Thruston might have trouble getting into the, the more guarded areas. So... I, I'm not planning on going past Settlestone. Oh, where are you, Colton, though? Hmm. If we only follow the rules that Mithril Hall has set out, is not Adric a master of those rules? Perhaps we should go in there looking to uh, break some of the rules. What are you suggesting? A bit of shock and awe. We bring a Goliath, a half a drow, a druid into Mithril Hall. <laughs> of all the things you could refer to me by, I appreciate that. We're all waiting with bated breath for what you well, refer to me. I come in without guys uh, as an exile from the clan and it'll force attention on us. It's something that Adric may not expect. He may I be like expecting us to follow the rules, come in with our helms in our hands, begging for an audience Let's demand an audience. I apologize. Let's give him no other choice. I don't know. And then Breaking when rules he comes doesn't out, seem like the right way to start off with this. That seems, if anything, to give us a sour reputation. What if we challenge him to combat? And that's not how it's done. Bertolt's on her way to become a dwarf. Look at that beard. She belongs in Mithril Hall now too. Friend of the dwarves. It's quite warm. Aye, friend of the dwarves, but not a dwarf. Maybe if we cover up word friends of. I think, I think Lassie that they'd notice that you're not a dwarf. dwarf. Friends of, I said friends of. Mark, what say you? Honestly, Drosten, I spent a good amount of time not just in in uh, dwarven courts, but in uh, the courts of many races during my time as a as a, a crafter in Mithril Hall, and quite simply, in Waterdeep. In, in Waterdeep, and quite simply. This is not a place where you can expect to have time and freedom to say what you will. He says that it's very likely that any sort of audience we have will be something very predetermined in terms of who is allowed to participate and who gets to say what for how long. Mm. He says uh, perhaps perhaps charging the door and screaming what we know at the top of our lungs may get, us a, 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 may get a few more words out than otherwise. But in my esteem, that's like gambling your entire purse on the first hand of dragon of dragon deck. I would do that. He says, uh, if you win, you're uh, you're off to the races and will have a fine night of drinking. But if it goes house. wrong, you're left with nothing and no more moves to make. He says, if our and if our story doesn't doesn't uh, does not compare to what Adric has prepared, we could find ourselves in dire straits and perhaps not even able to leave and pursue the rest. Of the of the leads that we have, uh, it's a, it's a strategy that may that may pay dividends, but appears to me to have a high degree of risk. Perhaps a private audience with just Mafar. If we can convince him, uh, at least he has a better sense of the the politics here than I do. I never paid much attention to that. Well, he, my mother would know best the politics in the area, but and there would he be able to tell us all that is known? widely about the discovery give us a chance to see how our story would compare to what's being told broadly getting an audience with with Baron to my father might be the wise course of action because he has the power to verify what we're saying is true or not Uh, so that would 
he's a, he's a reasonable dwarf. I mean, if... How kindly would he take to our other companions, and would he be willing to meet us and settle stone before we enter the, the, the hall? He is a very traditional dwarf. <laughs> uh, Priest of Moradin, he takes the, you know, the, the rules as laid down in the Soul Forger uh, very seriously, and uh, I don't think he would react kindly to unexpected uh, Breaking visitors. Breaking decorum? No. I think a better opportunity would be to send word and arrange a meeting in, uh, in a more neutral area where uh, a lot of you would not be such strange guests. Well, what of Delg, though? Perhaps, I mean, if, if, if Scrum intends on staying in Settlestone, we'd need to tell our story together, and uh, these other members of our party must be known if, uh, if some of were to pass. Aye. And, uh, and they... It's if we could have, perhaps, the audience out here instead of in the hall. Uh, I, have I, them come to us. Aye. Oh, aye, the, the entire audience. Sure. Or at least, you know, my father and one or two others. Sure. We're looking to convince in the short term, not the entire broad population. See if we have, you know, enough to convince anybody. Uh, if we don't have that, there's no point in bringing it to a broad audience. That's my thought, anyway. Considerations? I'm, <clears throat> my desire to stay in Settlestone is both <clears throat> for the displeasure that I find <clears throat> the larger settlements to bring but also that uh, I'll do what I can to help uh, get this truth out and uh, right the wrongs of your grandfather, but uh, it seems like going into Mithril Hall, for me anyway, is just going into the belly of the beast in terms of danger. I have done that. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. And I, as we saw, was not interested in doing that. You miss out. It's quite an um, experience. Perhaps someday. Perhaps someday. The bladder ball was the closest. I you are the first. Um, the bladder of the beast. The bladder of the bladder beast of is my good, my domain. Good start. <laughs> but uh, everything we've seen about your grandfather is that he has eyes, ears, and swords everywhere. Aye. Ears. I. Sword. I will do what I can, but I will not risk life and limb by going into a place like Mithril Hall, even with the race. allies that I, I think I, I think going into Mithril Hall is considerable danger. It's a risk that you are all willing to, to take, so I, of course I mean, don't the, disagree the, with that. The risk is different. But if the audience can come to Settlestone, I can add I what little credibility I have. Um, <laughs> just as much for you, for you to be known of them than the other way around. He says, I'm trying to look down the future in case you need to be trusted allies by the dwarves. If they know not of you, they're not saying, Oi, this bloke Scrim and his half-drow brother is going to show up. Trust him and treat him well? Ha! Better, better someone knows you face-to-face in case we need to call upon it at a later date. Aye. Do you, do you perhaps, uh, perhaps me and Mark go in, because there's no reason why we can't travel in. Trust and I don't... With your with your banishment, I don't know how far in you can go. I can stay in Silverstone at first. All right. Uh, so maybe me and Mott go in, uh, talk to my grandfather private or my father privately, uh, and maybe get to him and Delg and one or two others to come out, and we tell them what we know. And uh, if he's convinced, maybe we shall have a shot at convincing others. Uh, and if he's not convinced, well. It's not so widely spread. 
and we'll, we'll ask for for discretion right. while we while we while we try to verify our story to a greater degree. Hey, the road to the mascot will be a a long one that if I was able to avoid, I would look forward to it. It's traveling halfway across the blooming world. Ugh, seems like the the most the path that's the argument that seems like it would have the highest chance not even knowing your family the highest chance of, of some benefit would be to present what we have found suggest that things could go deeper and announce our your your uh, dedication to going all the way across the world to get more answers but also to tell your family and trusted ones to keep their their wits about them and and behave as if there is a great powerful enemy in their midst. Right. There is one more matter too to discuss beyond the story of Karundrakar. Finding a war. Right. That's our second priority. Oh, and also the hammer of all souls. That's significant business too. Alright, several other items. Two hammer related (laughs) items. Snoot borks very loudly at this. (laughs) Bork! But yes. Uh, yes, boy. I was more. thinking more along the lines of the full story of Drosted and Green. Are you interested in sharing that tidbit more uh, with the dwarves here in Mithril Hall? Or is this purely about the conspiracies we uncovered at Karundrakar? Colton, for a long time, if I'd been offered a place back at home with a price of giving up my research, <coughs> going into... Ruins <clears throat> and collecting knowledge. I would have gladly given it up. Would have gladly taken back the Delvinard name. Even I'll admit in Krundukar, finding all the wonders there. Only thought of what I would tell me more. But something's changed Sweet, <laughs> on the road here. I had an awakening. You and Bern are right. I've been living in the past. I mean. You can't blame me, I, I'm an archaeologist. But the past is rather fascinating. <laughs> it is. But it is <laughs> I, too, often ruminate about better times. But it's time for no. me to look forward. <laughs> oh uh, my god. That's the good tear goes This again. Oh, he's going back to his dead wife. He's also going back to his house that he shared with his wife. Oh, it's breakfast. The end of his wife. But um, I'm not looking back anymore. My story does not need to be told again unless it'll help us nail down Adric. It would add more support. I mean, a lot of our original uh, idea of going to Karundrakar was you had found mention of Adric being in Karundrakar uh, originally in the Sunless Citadel. Aye. Was there ever any reason in, in your culture... Is there a reason needed to exile someone? I mean, did no one ask why? Well, it depends on the place. Uh, Gontelgrim was a bit of a new settlement. It was a hard fight to take it back from the drow and the uh, dwergar and the mind flares. No, was it, no, was it. no offense. Um, I'm taking. You're human. It'd be an issue if you weren't. Being of the first generation born there, there were many things we were asked not to ask about. Just to accept as they were. I'm not the only one exiled from Gontelgrim. 
others exiled. We we heard rumors for stealing, for uh, talking to the wrong kinds of people. They're trying to forge an identity there. That's similar to what we saw in Durgen's journal, him having to exile that one folk who was accused of stealing. The uh, politics be... of dwarves are complicated. You'll have the uh, leadership in a great fortress in charge of the markets, in charge of the armies and defense of the area, but uh, the king's power is often checked by the power of individual clans who may, uh, who may have their own interests. And if ever that balance be out of, out of, uh, if ever that loses balance, a king may become power hungry and do as he wish, or the clans may become untouchable, even such that the king will have no uh, sway over them. He says a new colony or a new, <clears throat> a new dwarf home like Galtogrim seems like a place where, where perhaps the balance was off kilter. And your family perhaps weren't able to defend the interests of their clan against other powers. As the sun falls low in the sky and falls behind the horizon, the cold of the night in this dead of winter sets in, and our party sets up their various sets up their camp for the night. Which doesn't have a lot of tents, as we do. Mostly not. Um, tent is one of the heaviest things. And uh, as as the dark of the long night uh, settles in, one thing is clear. You must have a plan for what you will do when Mithril, when you arrive yep. at Mithril Hall tomorrow mid-morning. Well, sounds like what we're saying is one, two, three, four in Settlestone mm-hmm. to go in just player knowledge here mm-hmm. what we're planning based on the conversation we just had to go in and seek Baron. audience with Baron's Baron. dad, yep. Baron. Uh, and then either bring an audience back to Settlestone with all of us, or, or come back being like, come in, or come back being like, we gotta go. It's happening this probably evening. For, probably for the next day, reasonably. Yeah. Because uh, it's not guaranteed that uh, Baron has the uh, spell prepared yeah. of Zone of Truth or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, Baron could prepare it, but that doesn't really mean anything. Us, me casting the spell... To, yeah. It's like I, I'm operating the lie detector test. Now bring it back into right? bring it back into character discussion. If there's anything more to discuss here, mm-hmm. setting up camp. Yes. Snoot barks again. <laughs> Snoot. How you doing, buddy? How you doing? Um, <laughs> keep much better. keep sharp watch out. If Adric was gonna play a move, he would do it here or now. You know, we're on the road or in Settlestone. Or something. So, uh, sharp guards. Well I'll, said. I'll take first watch. He stands looking out. Into the Although you do know, because you've made explicit efforts to do so, that there's nobody that knows where you are other than Baron. Unless yeah. scrying happening. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. Barring some sort of active scrying. Yeah. Um, you've not told anyone where your travels are other than Rika, I believe. Yeah. Or when we're gonna be there, right? Told Baron we'd be there in a day. Oh, you just said we'd yeah. be there. So, there. Okay, so be there in a day is the only is the first time since leaving Kunjikar that you've given anybody, mm-hmm. uh, other than Dax and all back in person because you're yeah, right. in front of them. So there there are lots of exceptions, but uh, you've not told any of the dwarves. The Goliaths know we were going to Fell Pass. Yeah, you've not told any of the dwarves the the the, the path that you are taking, and even that you were going to the Thrall Hall. 
and until you are just short of arriving. Yeah. And the uh, Mudbeards would be hard pressed to beat us here based on the speed we gained, the time we gained with the uh, the druid. Yeah. yeah. Fell past Rorka. And all the Big shenanigans time. we left for them in uh, Big in Kundrakar. Mm-hmm. Hope someone got that fire door. Can... <laughs> <laughs> still have those fake cracks. Can I RP a thing quickly? You're taking. Uh-huh. Yeah. With with who? With uh, Drustin. With the dog. Um, no, with Unga. <laughs> oh yes. Um, yes. As yes. Drustin is on first watch, uh, is he eating or drinking anything? Uh, yeah, he's got some tea that he brewed because he is proficient in brewer's tools. <laughs> Just never uses it. <laughs> he, brews a, he brews a mean tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> as his tea is steeping. Um, Perhaps one of the other party members notices that Anga goes up to his tea while he has his back turned and drops something into it and then sort of settles somewhere else. And as Dresden goes and takes a sip of it, it appears that she has dropped something called a fire pepper inside of it. And Dresden's mouth is on fire for the He's about evening. to like scream at and then he sees like Baron already snoring, mock, like grumpling, uh-huh. getting into his head and go, just and like Anga just sort of steam rising from his sweaty sweat. face. <laughs> uh, he just like looks into the drink. He's like, "How did this get in here? Is it scrim corn?" Anga <laughs> looking smug in the corner as the camera pans over. <laughs> the Perfect is just a bad influence on that bird. <laughs> I mean, they had lots of one-sided conversations about what pranks they could pull on Justin. Um, just a lot of suggestions. The dawn arrives, the camp is broken down, and Mithra Hall is but a few hours away. Okay. Um, uh, that morning, what, um, Drustin, what right. physical evidence do we have of some of the piece of our story? You, we, we found a book in the Sunless Citadel. Do you still have that? Mentioned Adric was in Kurunjakar. Yeah, it was one of our... a bit of a scroll. A bit of a scroll. Do you have it's that? A bit of a scroll. Um, it crumbled while I was reading it, but I saved some of the scraps in my book. Not much. Uh, <laughs> my, I call it my scrapbook. Do we have uh, the notes from the assassins who attacked us? Uh, yeah, I assume we've got that. In I, my scrapbook. In, in my scrapbook. Uh, you mentioned the the ledger in Mirabar. The one that said I haven't ordered eight pieces of jewelry. Did you take that with you, or a page, or? I've got it. Okay. No, you don't have that. Uh, wait, which one? You, I was in you, a private uh, library. You bribed access to a That's or, or donated no, access to a I copied it down. I think everything else we have, other than the hammer of all souls, is is pretty much just our own testimonies. Do we have the journal? Oh, and, and, and right, and they're getting journal. They're getting journal is their greatest. Think, but we've also got uh, the the history of Kroonjakar to back it up, and the Rundle's own journals too. Right. Luckily, they didn't get burnt. <laughs> right. No, that was some uh, tricky business there. We have plenty of uh, of evidence to show. A glorious expedition into Kurundrakar, what with the armor and the journals and uh, <clears throat> and the tomes that uh, that Drusen mentions, says it's it'd be hard to deny that we 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 were there. Us having been there seems a difficult forgery job to 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 create all this 
Like, well, I'll laugh in the face of whatever dwarf that says they can forge an armor like this. Yeah, that's... Forge me ten, I'll sell them all at top dollar. Yeah, so, so how... Or for top coin. Well, there's sort of... How will we, we, how will we be discredited? That's... Well, there's oh. two pieces at play. There's... We're being hunted by assassins. And the crimes that Adric has committed against Kundrakar. Those are the only two that I'm aware of. No. And suppose... And, and Drustin... Uh, outcasting him. No, I mean, how... If we believe that we have an airtight argument to convince your people that we have been to Kundrakar, how will Amberhelm discredit you? Uh, <clears throat> what dirt do you have? No, he simply will distract. You're like, oh, of course they were there. Yeah, two days after, or a day after. Um, w- wonderful that they showed up. I, we, we gave them artifacts and told them to transport these safely to Mithril Hall. Uh, perhaps throwing into question our very ownership of the things that we've discovered. Uh, he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, uh, a more, a more amicable way to approach it would be simply to say that we had come afterwards and made our own devils and explorations, but he may try to, to strip up of everything, in which case we, we would be forced we, we, our hands will be forced to uh, to convince the uh, to convince them of our side mm. of the reasons we were there. Mm. Lay the breadcrumbs that led us from Sunder Citadel all the way up to the north. Well, we can talk this in depth. We'll just get there. All right, let's to let's to settle stone. Get you all settled, I suppose. Uh, and uh, Mark and I will make our way in deeper, deeper and deeper. All right, where? Way down. Uh, <coughs> all right. Let's uh, get. I gotta do a music switch up here. I feel like I have fun. This negotiation, this negotiation is gonna come down to animal handling for some reason. Yeah, it feels like it. It all comes down to one roll. Fa- uh, fail or succeed, animal handling. If one. You, if I you, let's see you give a command to that Snoop dog. Yeah. <laughs> let's see if you can get. You say that's your dog. Leave Snoop alone. Leave yeah. Snoop alone. Make bag. What is Snoop? It has been oh, so God. long since you guys have been in a town. I don't have any of the like <laughs> town music <laughs> off the cup. I, 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 I've got it. I just got a one track that we're all thinking of is the one. The, uh, the press release. Oh, that's my. It's called Weird Off Key. And it is. It is that. It is basically the jelly mix. Or you can really go a lot more industrial. You can go a lot more industrial on this. Oh, I know, but that's not where you're arriving right now. So. Oh, Settlestone, right? Yeah, you're going to Settlestone. Well, I think it's Settlestone. Village. I forget. Settlestone is humans. You're about to find out. We're gonna. We're gonna role play it all out. Don't worry about it. Fantastic. I love it. sandwich. Sorry, I just I there thought no I had some good music in my little There's no tavern, there's no markets, it's just all opium dust. Yo, Justin, do you want more? It's all crowd oh, pleasers? It's okay. all opium. It is, it is. There are more <laughs> opium dust than people. Thank you, I'm dumb. What's opium? Greg, do you want more crowd pleaser? It's favorite. Uh, uh, more what? Crowd pleaser. Kind of yes. I would like pipe weed. Pipe weed equivalent. Okay, okay. Intense predatory drugs. I think we're maybe taking a minute. Are we taking a minute? I don't know. We got to love you a lot. There's green. Yeah, there's as long as people are paying attention. Janet. Okay. Camera. Just gonna be drugs. Cool. 
Um, <laughs> in the Faerun's. All right. So, a few more hours of travel on the road. When you spot on the horizon a sight you have not seen in days, nay, weeks, nay, nay, a month, basically. Ten days. Blasting now, maybe? Civilization. Is that it? A town, a small village, uh, a small village on the horizon nestled between uh, mountainous walls is what Baron immediately knows. I assume Baron's gonna sort of act as a tour guide through here. Sure, he's, uh, this Baron is his This is his home, more than any other place he could ever claim to be. Uh, he has lived here for longer than anyone else has been alive, except maybe Mock. Yep. <laughs> so, this is the village of Settlestone, built on a relatively flat area nestled in between mountainous walls, is uh, what was once in ages past, well before even Baron's time, a dwarven uh, a dwarven village that was out here. But when it fell in the time of whatever it was called when Mithril Hall fell itself, shitstorm, the time of Shimmergloom, the time of Shimmergloom, uh, it fell uh, along with Mithril Hall. But when Mithril Hall was uh, was reclaimed shortly after, Settlestone itself was founded under the new name of Settlestone and uh, by the barbarians of Icewind Dale and still to this day occupied by the barbarians. It is a barbarian village that handles much of the trade uh, it handles much of the trade operations of Mithril Hall on behalf of the dwarves, so clearly working in close alignment with them. And uh, the first, as you approach closer, the first, uh, uh, the first people that you can see is dwarves in full armor, standing along, uh, standing along the edges of the road, standing in force. Here, there are a dozen. You can see another dozen standing down another road, and Baron recognizes, uh, recognizes them and introduces them to the group as. Oh, sorry, I scrolled down on my page. They are the host of the hall, the disciplined, well-armored cohort that uh, defends Mithril Hall from all that would threaten it once again. It is a force of 200, at all times, 200 dwarves. This is a normal thing. Completely normal. Completely normal. They're not like holding up signs of their faces. Mithril Hall is, by by some accountants, especially the Mithril Hall accountants, uh, the richest of all the uh, seven dwarven holds in the... um, of the north. I mean, they're on top of a mithril mine. Are the <laughs> are the guards not the largest by population by any stretch of the imagination? But uh, they're more selective. But certainly one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest. Are the the, the guards the, the guards of the hall? Um, are they more like rough and tumble kind of thing? Or they look super disciplined? Or are they like do they, they do they look like they've seen a lot of battle? Or like they are disciplined. They are standing kind of... with shiny armor and sharp swords and at attention. At the drop of a hat, they will haul you off. Well equipped and well paid. They can fly. Okay. Is the architecture still more than it's Um, it was mostly destroyed in the fall. Uh, in it, in its original fall, um, it was called Dwarven Darrow originally. Are these um, 
and it has been rebuilt and a lot of the buildings are a mixture of building materials. You see uh, you see wood and uh, wooden metals and a large amount of deerskin, uh, deerskin canopies used to either extend buildings or some buildings are made entirely out of uh, these sorts of... An odd combination of dwarven and barbarian construction. Human, human barbarians this feels like us the bar- in, a, the, in village form. The human barbarians human. of Icewind Dale are human. Human barbarians. Humans. Oh, humans. Humans. Oh, only been here once, just passed through on a September 50 years ago. <laughs> and you typically think oh, right. that was the one where you and my boy got in a bit of mischief. Oh, that was that was fun. <laughs> Mockeroos that day. <laughs> and you typically pass through Settlestone to get to Mithril Hall vis- visitors and. Should we find uh, a place to settle down and uh, be our meeting place? Like uh, remind me how how far can strangers enter? Inside Mithril Hall or inside or past Settlestone. So inside Mithril Hall is quite quite restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is the that's lobby. why Settlestone exists. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's why Settlestone exists in the way it does from the perspective of the dwarves. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. is that's why they handle even all the trade. They prefer right. even traders, you know, prosperous traders yeah. to deal with them and it's not a fairly open. It's a fairly open town. It sounds like yeah. There's oh, oh Settlestone itself very very open. There's a reason that trader and trader. But the crime rate in Settlestone is remarkably low with 200 armored dwarven warriors. (laughs) The population of Settlestone is 400, and there are 200 armored dwarves in the facility. In addition to that? Hell yeah. No, no, the 400 is is mostly barbarians. I don't think all the barbarians themselves are pushovers as well. Yeah. So, there's also yeah. going to be like an inn. Wimpy barbarian isn't exactly. Oh, I. There's there's an inn. I met the grandfather. Uh, he was the one who started it, and his, I think his grandson's running it now, short-lived races. And he's kept a place up in decent repute. There's uh, not a bad little spot in Settlestone. We'll uh, put you lads up there, and uh, should be fine. Mm. As we head there, I mean, I send Anga. Well, I, I do want to say, especially the people that contributed the most to the original Dwarven uh, episode, definitely feel free to fill in any flavor here that I may be yeah, thinking. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Uh, I'm gonna send Anga up and about to look to see if Duma the Donkey is here. Because I did ask her to come to Mithril Hall, but I'm assuming a human came with her from. They were west of us, so they had further to travel than we did. Yep. Yeah, okay. a lot further. Okay. Uh, well, not well, a lot. We further. took a, a long way about, right? We went through a mountain. You yeah. took a long way about that ended up Secret being the way. same as the short way because of the aid you got from the druids. So you actually made a really good time. <clears throat> so Dumas wouldn't be here yet? Duma would Hard be, in best best case scenario, a week behind. Oh, okay. Worst case scenario could Can't be wait so long for Duma. Worst case scenario, bear food. Why did I ever send Duma? <laughs> that's 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 that wasn't thinking case. of that worst case scenario, but now that's on the list. Likely you got my yes-no guy right here. How is Duma getting... Uh, I uh, hired someone from Snare Cliff. Okay, got it. Um, to bring her here. Sorta. Yeah. I, he sent I'll a message to the guy that they someone. rescued and said, "I'll pay you." <laughs> he put a one this out. amount of money if you. First, he offered it to him, and the guy said no. Yeah. Uh, 
Then you up the raid. Because the guy had just gotten back after being like a month. In yeah, yeah, after yeah. after three days of forced march with a brick. No. And, and the dude and is like, I that die a prisoner of orcs. Yeah. And then he sent a follow-up message saying, okay, I'll pay even more. You subcontract to somebody yeah, else yeah, yeah. to take Doom of the Donkey to Mithril Hall. And he yeah. said, okay. Trusen doesn't care about Duma as much. He'd be fine letting Duma go. But Duma's got all the museum stuff on it. <laughs> yes, it's got the baby And if anyone realizes Duma they could just sell all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Duma, yeah. Exactly. Duma is lost luggage after an international yeah, flight yeah, right now. Exactly. <laughs> we'll find her. We she might have a lot is. of stickers on her when she gets here. Regretting his <laughs> act of kindness of sending Duma with the prisoner. <laughs> Duma, where have you been? Did you wear his lipstick? So, uh... Did you get a mascot already? As the airport settles down... Tattoos and lipstick. You immediately can can uh, pick up on the fact that that <clears throat> this is a, a more formal setting where where posturing and attitude are coming into play. We've already talked about the politics of this place. And so as we draw closer, Mock takes off his helmet, which is which he typically wears, you know, in case any action comes forward. And he also takes off his right gauntlet, exposing the single axe tattoo above his wrist so that it is visible to all. And as he makes his way through the outer barrier where the dwarven, uh, the dwarven uh, host is, is lined up, he, gets, he exchanges nods with one or two of them as he continues forth. Um, and then uh, entering into the, uh, the, uh, the town of Settlestone advocates for a, at least a reasonable amount of ale <laughs> just because it's been so goddamn long in the snowy mountains. And this is going to be the good dwarven stuff. <laughs> Dear God, let it be. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and yeah, well, well, you guys are looking for a, uh, looking for a, a place to, to bed down. Oh, Baron is leading him straight to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. He said, he said there is one. He walks in the door with the group behind him. And, uh... Do we have a name uh, for this place? Huh? Do we have a name for this place? Or should we Not yet. Oh, I got my generator. Rusty. No wait, I got, I got it. The you, you explain, then we'll give you the name of Uh, so, uh, like Baron said, he knew the enterprising young barbarian who was like, "I'm gonna start <laughs> up a, I'm gonna start up an inn," and he watched the inn slowly build and get built, and you know, have its up times and its down times, and that guy get old and his son take over, and then that guy get old and then his son take over, and that's where we're at now, and. uh... <laughs> Yeah, these, these humans, humans, man. They they hold on tight, but it just doesn't last. Yeah, uh, and so he walks in uh, with all y'all, and and poor Olvain's just getting eyed by everybody in there. Um, <laughs> but the fact that Baron's there, obviously a cleric of Morden, and which are called Sonlenor, by the Sonlenor, way. Sonlenor, yes, I know that. Those who work the stone. Um, uh, he's like, as we're walking down the road, even we're like, oh, Baron, how you been? Thought you were way longer. It's uh, called the Bloody Sword. The Bloody, the bloody Sword. Sword. Yeah. That's yeah. a barbarian. It's a barbarian. The barbarian in. It's ever there was. It's like they ran out of ideas. They were just like, oh. Uh, yeah. They're like, what do we call it? Well, there's a bloody sword right there. there. Don't wait for the bloody, bloody sword at me. Say that again. Exactly. So trying to cut the timbers and his axe broke. Cut the timbers for it. He goes, hand me that bloody sword. Oh, so, yeah. It's a single story, half timbered building with dwarf wrought iron tables and chairs. Accommodations consist of several small rooms with wooden cots. And a mezzanine with several wooden cots. One thing just visible about the entire settlement is just the high degree of craftsmanship. I mean, it's nothing overly gaudy, but you're just talking about uh, a very well put together 
an orderly, an orderly settlement, right? Like cobblestones that are all the same size. It feels weird to walk on them, right? Like roads that meet typically at like right-ish angles. Like kind of city planning is prevalent and, and things are just well-maintained and built to last. And you see that in the stonework and the woodwork. Um, and you know that for sure the combination of the, the might of the barbarians who are large and stocky uh, humans with the organizational and kind of engineering influence of the dwarves have created this this uh, settlement that just is, you know, for for all visibility, um, you know, here to stay. Yeah. And uh, and 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 built to last. Yeah, you've got like barbarian sort of style, but obviously with like dwarven fixtures, like really nice metal hinges and handles and yeah. locks and gates and all of the and utensils and mugs and like the only things that are like. Stylized with woods and all that stuff, or because they wanted it that way. No. And half Cultural. of the beds in the inn are short. Dwarf <laughs> height. Mm. Um, <laughs> the uh, the edges. The, what what forms the edges of the town? Is it like a wall, or is it nestled on the mountain, so it's right there? Or there, the, there are a lot of roads. It's mostly is the the mountainous uh, uh, the, the the mountains form the walls of uh, three sides of the town with a pass moving through one side. Yeah, is it pretty much basically that you came through? You came through a pass uh, into this uh, into this place. It's a fairly the wide pass, but pass. And then it's the mountain, three sides, and the other side is more open up. To the uh, to the hills with a road that heads off to the to the south where everything else is, and a road that leads up to the mountain of Mithril Hall. Hmm. Yeah, which has a name I can't remember. So three directions out of the city. Just jump in with yeah. her, or do you have an entry for me? I have an entry. Okay. Um, so he goes to the inn, and uh, the bartender is like, "You're bad. My grandfather told me. My dad told me about you." It's like I. It's like you used to come around when I was little. What does this guy look like? Uh, big red hair, red goatee, like he's got like nice clothes on, but like barbarian furs, kind of like around that. Kind of looks like imagine like War from like Star Trek. He's like Starfleet officer, but like he's got the fur. Yeah. A little, little something here and there. Like no, I'm still a barbarian, even though I'm doing pretty nice well. War paint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exquisitely done work. Too, oh, yeah. too nice, almost. Yeah, manicured. You smear it; it's like it doesn't. It doesn't come off. There's a special stuff you have to put on. Take that off. And uh, this is I need a few rooms for my friends here for a while. It's trivial enough to get yeah. rooms for your friends. You guys have plenty of coin. You can get the nicest ones they have. They're yes. meager accommodations, but not bad. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, easy for you to get a room a piece. Spare uh, child staying here, or is she sleeping outside? Uh, no, I mean, the, the ceilings are probably just barely enough to, like... No, they're human ceilings. Yeah. So. They're human yeah. barbarian ceilings. Well, she's eight feet yeah. tall, so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, still... But, but it's still, still a bit short for her comfort. A bit short she's for her comfort. She's not hitting her head, but me. she's thinking about it. Keeps thinking about it. Plus, with the mask, I mean, an additional height. Oh, fine. Uh, Alright, but this is, uh, this is just for the day here. Yeah. yeah. No, and, uh, once you guys are settled, Mock, let's, uh, get on. She'll just sleep on the floor in someone else's room. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck, cousin. Send a message if you need anything. Uh, will do. I have them prepared. Thanks, Trosten. See you soon. So... How long do we wait until we assume they are dead? Uh... I... That's what you hear Bearjaw ask as you turn the corner. 
I mean, we can talk All right. magically, if necessary, with sending, so... Yes, but you are not right now. So, you've left, and you're headed towards... <laughs> Perception checks. Ball. Wisdom safe. As you approach the steps leading up to the gate, uh, to, the, to the big front door of Mithril Hall, you see the stairs carved out of two different kinds of stone that makes it almost impossible to uh, makes it all, almost impossible to even see where the stair the, the the stairs are, except from viewed from just the right angle and with an eye that knows what it's looking for. And the steps reveal them before you as uh, Mock and Bairn make the long are they like, climb. Are they like uh, small stairs too, so that the dwarves can step up them easily? They are dwarf-sized <laughs> dwarf stairs. Size stairs. Yeah, this is not really designed for people other than dwarves. Yeah, designed first with short uh, uh, for it to be hidden for a long time ago, before Mithril Hall was reclaimed. By uh, uh, by some heroes long ago, and, and put into its state it was the only entrances to Mithril Hall were secret entrances. There was no, it was not a visible place. There was no front door. Uh, it has been redesigned somewhat since then, and now there is a grand entrance. But some of these hallmarks, such as the staircase being hidden, have been kept some for the 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 culture of uh, Mithril Hall. And well, in, in one of the wars against the orcs, I mean, we ended up blowing up a good part of the mountain as yeah. a sort of defensive measure, and that kind of changed the architecture a bit. Oh, I'd imagine. <laughs> and as you reach towards the stop, top of the staircase, you see the two huge portals. That means doors. Granite portals. Uh, uh, and the last parts of the... What are they called? The something of the hall? The ha- host of the hall. Host of the hall. A hundred of them lining the road here. Must be the other hundred or, uh, you know, down near Settlestone. And here are the uh, the brave defenders that stand night and day guarding uh, guarding the doors of the hall as Mach and Bairn approach. Hmm. A bit intimidating, eh, Colton? Hey, <laughs> uh, first time coming away from so long a homecoming. Actually, it's a, a bit, a little bit intimidating. Actually, uh, it's an unpleasant feeling. Said it a lot about a, a lot more iron and rust and less, uh, less show. Mm. Well, we do pretty well here. Uh, head up to the gates. Have they tried to stop us? Uh, the gates, Baron knows. I mean, Baron's, Baron yeah. knows. The, the gates aren't even openable from this side. Not even no. the host of the hall can open it from this side. And the uh, there is a host of guards, a small host, a sub-host. A head of host. <laughs> host of host of host. The, uh, the host of, of the hosts of the hall. The most of the hosts. Uh, um, Triple H. Steps forward. He's wearing an insignia of uh, of the commander of the uh, of the host. Uh, Baron Baldurk, cleric of Moradin. Gestures to you. <clears throat> Medic Fullhammer. He says, uh, of the Iron Guard of Citadel Ladbar. Yes, I know the Iron Guard. He, he says, <clears throat> I have many cousins in it. He says, uh, oi, we, uh, we, we hold fast. Always the, uh, the defense in the north, bulwark of, uh, of dwarves. He says, you're, uh, you're a bit away from home. I've uh, been journeying recently with cousins and uh, <clears throat> seeking my fortunes and then life here. And he says, And Bairn, don't tell me you don't recognize me. 
Okay, I will. Oh, so I do. <laughs> and he holds out his hand. Shake Expectant. It's. Uh, Holgrim! Ten <laughs> such time! He just hangs his head and says, It's Dwali, but <laughs> it's okay, you were. You were you were much younger back when uh, uh, back when I guarded your uh, guarded guarded your family's quarters. Says he says I've uh, uh, raised in station a bit since then, uh, out on adventures and have returned. He says I heard you are out on. Uh, he says you were out on a what would they call it the type of journey that you were. Uh, Did it have a name? Sen- Away oh, rotation. No. Ascending? Trash. Yeah, a sojourn? A sojourn, know. yes. I, don't know. I heard you were out on a Rom sojourn Springer. for the uh, for Morden. Uh, aye. Does, uh, does this mean you were successful? Uh, aye, yes. Much to do, much to talk about later, bye. <laughs> this is wonderful, wonderful. Well, come on in, it's cold, it's cold. And uh, uh, he just bangs twice on the uh, bangs twice on the door, and then steps forward without even looking as the uh, as the the doors swing outward slowly as the whole mountain rumbles beneath you. <clears throat> well, uh, pretty impressive that <laughs> quite a door there. Uh. What's his name? Dwef. Dwali. Dwali. And he uh, he places his hand on a stone and he just like rubs it affectionately and says, Good. "It does all right." <laughs> he says, uh, "I'm quite a marvel." It's been a while since I've been. It's adorable. Within a dwarven city, and it always feels good to come back. Berto will be so mad <laughs> discussing a door in such detail. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. killing God. <laughs> All right, and uh, the doors go in, and he says, "He says, as a uh, as a uh, a native citizen, son, yeah. call it as a as a child of the hall." He says, "He says you are free to roam." He says. He says you should check in before taking uh, before taking your cousin here in too deep. I he will says, do. As you know, the rules can change. Perhaps since last time you were here, you may not be as familiar. It has been a while since I've been home. This is just giving you the standard reminder. I'm sure you don't need it. You come from high station, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes, my beard is quite nice. He says, oh, "Put a good word in for your father uh, for, for me with your father, would you?" Uh, right, Dwali. Well, thank you, right. thank you, thank you. Bangs totally twice remember. on the door again, and it starts closing as you enter the. And hall. he's like looking past, like. Remember my name. Don't forget, Dwali. I do remember him now a bit. Hi. Uh, yeah. Good, good fellow. Good lad. Only been a couple months, months here, cousin. <laughs> well, I you mean, certainly are getting on, on in your years, eh? <laughs> well, I always kept to myself mostly. <laughs> I'm sure a few airs will bring it all back. Let's go check in and have a pint or two before we find your father. Just then, oh, Baron, Baron, and a a stout dwarf. Oh, stout for a dwarf. Stout for a dwarf. Wow. Bumble. Comes running up wearing uh, wearing robes and says, Baron, you're here, you're here, but earlier than I thought. Right, yes. He says, you And this, well. uh, this must be a mock full hammer. Uh, indeed. In the flesh. He says, Is that all you've got with you? 
Uh, here now. He says, great, great, great. Your father, he is waiting with the audience that you have requested. Oh, God. Inside up. Inside up. <laughs> uh, he's inside he's just, the best. He's just a fellow I recognize. Uh, uh, yeah, it takes a second. Uh, he's a very, very young dwarf. Um, okay. uh, but he is, uh, you recognize him as uh, someone who was... When you left, he wasn't doing the job yet, but he was, you know, he was making himself known that he wanted to, he wanted to serve the Temple of Morden, and so you'd see him around an because you worked there, and now he's clearly an acolyte. He's wearing the robes of an acolyte. Okay. Um, and it takes he, was, a big he was a pledge, and now he's an acolyte. Basically, yeah, he was, he was someone that did, did, desperately did wanted the job, and, and now he's got the job. He's got the, he's got the insignia of the, of the lowest starter rank, and... Uh, congratulations on uh, joining the, uh, he the stands, Brotherhood. He stands tall, uh, uh, props his head up as tall as he can, still about a foot short of you, and says, Oh, thank you, thank you. Survive. Well, uh, oh, wait, how, how, tall, how tall are you? Uh, not Baron's, tall. Baron's 4'4. Four, four. So he's okay. basically he's three, four. It is small. Yeah, is he he's just a small half? He's like a jobbing size. Yeah, 4'4. Like, are you sure you're a dwarf? Yeah. Wow. Good memory. Yeah. Mock turns to Baron and he says, Now I know I need that point. <laughs> oh, he says, hell. Oh, no time, no time. He says, There'll be time for drinking, lady. Your father is very excited and has, and has uh, brought an audience together for you. Good. Okay. No time for a pint. Fucking diet. <laughs> Mock's power word kill. Uh, he says, Come, come. They are, exactly set up in like the, they are set up in the guest chambers trembling. of the temple. Uh, uh, he wasn't sure who you'd be bringing with you, so he, uh, uh, so he's set up here. He says they are there, uh, uh, just discussing uh, uh, business or whatever. I don't know. I'm not allowed in. Who all is the audience with? He says well, I don't know the names of all of them. It's not my station to know. How many? I was sent here to wait all day for you. All right. day. <laughs> and they've been waiting all day for us. Ah, uh, he says uh, they gathered only about. Uh, he wouldn't look at his wrist. Uh, he wouldn't look at his wrist and There's probably a mighty block. A mighty block in the center square. of the entrance. And he says, they've been waiting only. Very uh, they gathered only half an hour ago. Says They said you'd be arriving sometime today. They had business to discuss anyway. Figured they'd set up here and wait for you to arrive. Your father is... I have not seen him so excited in quite a while. Oh, he says, boy. He says, there's a bit of a rumor. He says, is it true that you came from Kunjakar? Ah, uh, that's cold. I'll have to talk to my father before I start spreading stories. It, oh, yeah, uh, of course, of course. He says, yes. Uh, wise, sorry, it was not wise. my place to ask. I just thought, but I will lead you there. I love that you keep inching way. closer and closer to Erky Timbers. To oh, really? Erky Timbers? I was thinking keep. I will go into Abek if I'm not careful. I have to watch it. We don't have the NPC. We have the NPC. Erky is great. It's my favorite voice I've ever done. Base it out a little more. Base it out. Well, he is so Cousin, lead the way. Suppose it's it then. All right. Also, he doesn't have an accent the same way that they do, so it's a harder sell. My accent. All Scottish accent. All Scottish. Just say Nary and Nay without yeah. any accent. <laughs> and it'll get you halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't Nary a bar on the way to <laughs> that. Was like, it's listening. This is a true Scott. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lucky the leprechaun right there. Um, he leads you. You, you know the you know the path there. It is. Uh, let, let me see what what you actually go through here. Um, I mean, uh, the inside of Mithril Hall is like many of the dwarven holds we saw in uh, Kundrakar. There's lots of uh, uh, 
uh, damn another word of picture sculptures in the wall. Freezes. 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 Yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, lots of those telling stories. Uh, lots of uh, lots of emblems and symbols and tributes to the the Mordensam, the various uh, dwarven uh, deities. Um, none more so than Morden, though his symbol is often seen it's on the floor, it's on the ceiling, with a flame. Yeah, in the large clock, very in the cell that the symbol of Morden, like lots of lots of obviously his influence here. Yeah. And he leads you to the other side of the uh, of the grand entry hall, and uh, that heads to where you know is the maze beyond. A uh, a hallmark of Mithril Hall's design is uh, for nearly nothing inside Mithril Hall appears. There's this entry hall, some glory of the dwarves, this and that. There's a bathroom or something. Sure. <laughs> We've never discussed the guest, the guest how anyone in Forgotten Realms. Takes a dump, but uh, it's probably we're, we're gonna solve that corner. this time. I mean, and, uh, with aqueducts, aqueduct. with moving water, you can actually get plumbing, and things just ramp up really nicely from there. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. In season three, we discussed centaur's bodily functions a lot, a lot, and I feel like it's been <laughs> ten months in this yeah, campaign. We discussed bodily functions very little. Hey, the gleaming armor man, I just go sleds right out. Very hydrophobic. Um, Very. The so you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what about it's, it's like depends from the future. <laughs> so 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 so. It's like a the sieve. maze. The maze is quite literally a maze okay. of tunnels and traps and uh, uh, and dead ends and traps and. Uh, more hallways traps and traps dead and deadly traps. Um, it is it is the well the first point of defense would be the host of the hall. This would be the second point of defense. Very dangerous and the design of it changing constantly. Baron knows it's only been a couple months since he's been away here. Uh, even in that amount of time, he would need to make sure that he goes through the proper procedures to make sure he knows the current route through. The uh, maze. Right, he he goes to where he knows sort of the the interior guard station is here. And presents himself. Uh, Would he choose to, to do that instead of uh, have the guide? The guide's willing to just leave. Oh, over. the guide. Forgot about the guide. Yeah, just have the guide. <laughs> <all> <laughs> done. That's he says, how unimportant he is. <coughs> he says, uh, is yeah. Uh, uh, he says, the... Yeah, the... the, the <laughs> Which routine are we on now? He says, oh, it's a new one. Uh, oh, a new one. He says, "Yes, uh, you, I see that you were. Yeah, you, you you know the drill here. You've been here forever. And uh, but he says it is. We've uh, added a couple hallways and adjusted a couple traps. Uh, he says, oh, innovation's always good. He says, yep, yep. Got to keep those. Uh, Got to keep those uh, invaders out. He says, but uh, I'll uh, I'll lead you the way. Tell you about the changes. Uh, <laughs> and I've been told that Mach Fohammer, honored uh, honored guest of the dwarves, it is okay for you to hear these secrets." <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, I will, uh, will not betray the trust and uh, secrets of Mithril Hall all my life. And he leads you, and it's a lengthy journey, you know? It takes takes 20, 25 minutes to get through the maze. Um, uh, dwarves are not going in and out of Mithril Hall super frequently. You know, the barbarians handle the trade. There's big halls that go out and get delivered out to Settlestone um, uh, where the trading is done. Uh, but for the most part, the denizens of Mithril Hall stay inside and so this maze uh, is not even a thing that all of the the people in Mithril Hall even need to memorize or be up to date with because oftentimes they'll go months or years yeah many years the dwarves live a long time could be decades yeah. without ever needing to traverse the maze certainly not alone yeah so um, 
Uh, in Mithril Hall stays in Mithril Hall. And uh, so he leads you through. And uh, about you know, 20, 25 minutes later, you emerge on the other side. And this is where Baron knows are the, uh, the, the, the guest quarter of Mithril Hall. The, the, the largest area where guests, even non-dwarf guests, if with a sufficient, uh, uh, sufficiently, level sufficient level of trust, can even stay this deep into Mithril Hall on the other side of the maze here. Um, uh, but to go any further than this is pretty much strictly dwarven only, with rare exception. Um, uh, and in certain areas here. are only dwarves from Mithril Hall. Uh, yes, and then even as you go deeper in, the mines themselves, right. dwarves of Mithril Hall only. Mock. Doesn't matter the honors he's gotten. Yeah. He ain't never stepping foot in there unless The, the, the wealth is happen. the most protected aspect of this place, yeah. and those who touch the wealth directly in its rawest form are probably the most trusted. Mm-hmm. Followed by the craftsmen, and then the traders, and then etc. Pretty much unless Mock were to set up shop here. If he could. Yeah. And even then, it would take <clears throat> years, decades before you yeah. uh, <clears throat> get the level of trust needed to. And then finally, you're in. So, um, and you rob them. This is also where Baron knows. Uh, uh, Baron knows this is where there is a temple. There are several temples in the guest quarters. Um, uh, there's even there's even a temple uh, dedicated to uh, uh, the gods of other races. Just a single one, sort of non-denominational. And but it is the temple of Morden that is obviously the most grand, and uh, that is here. And even here in the guest quarter, you know, the smallest of all. The uh, uh, the temples in Mithril Hall. For there are s- several small temple areas, you know, deeper down in the mines, so that the miners that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that that need use of temple services can be closer. And uh, but this is this one is. I mean, it, it's grand because it's to Morden. The others are just yeah. you know small places. One priest on duty, sometimes none, uh, depending on the time of day. But this one's still bustling uh, for the for the guest quarters, and that is where. Uh, that is where you have been summoned to, and he just gestures to it. Baron knows that there's a there's a meeting there's a meeting hall uh, in the back room that his father would use for these sorts of audiences, and uh, the the little guy here who never gave his name, and uh, Baron never asked, and Baron never asked. He just uh, so you'll never gestures know. and says, <laughs> oh, no, no, there, "There you go." Uh, I will add that like what really strikes you about this place is that. One, it's underground. It's entirely subterranean. It has this massive feel of a huge kind of civilized, you know, uh, a huge city with infrastructure and all that. But you look up and you can see the top of the cavern. You know, the, the, the lighting allows you to kind of like follow the lines of the columns up to this kind of great cave surface. And that feels odd, right? Having the amount of space, but also the amount of enclosure. And the other thing that really will strike you, especially given kind of the state of the world, is the noise. Um, you know, we've been on the road for weeks now where the only sounds other than like our murmurings and farts are literally just like wind, you know, the rustle of a beast here and there. This is like to the next level, even beyond what most cities are. It's just nothing but stone and like wood is a rarity in this place. And while the, the architecture is, is set to minimize and kind of like regionalize the sound so that it's not spilling all over one another, you're constantly everywhere seeing somebody adding decor, adding, again, performing repair work, metal boots tramping on, on hard stone. And there's just kind of like a, just kind of a thrumming kind of clangor. It's much more akin to a modern city than uh, an old city built on kind of like 
wood and mud and sticks. It's just you, you have that kind of constant kind of hum and, and ringing in the background, which is extremely foreign to most places on the earth uh, or, or in Faerun at this time. Um, is it any, yeah. uh, I was just going to ask about the architecture. It was like, are there many layers, like, kind of like up dwarves, like walking up here, down here, down here? Or Absolutely. Kind of pretty, okay. Yeah, I mean, again, the, 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 the strength of building materials like stone and metal create the opportunity for kind of terrace architecture. And again, you know, you have like some of the largest columns actually serving as both structural supports and dwellings or, or shops. Um, as you see very much the vertical space being used, you know, everywhere also just again the symbols of, of, of the gods and mm -hmm. you know as, as Baron and Mock walk by the, uh, the various, uh, the various uh, buildings and, and, and kind of religious institutions, you'll see, you'll see them, uh, you'll see people regularly just making signs to the gods, uh, the dwarven gods, um, you know, typically like a, a hand on an anvil, um, a, a bang on the armor, I just attribute to the gods that something that kind of is on a very low cultural level. Uh, as you see, kind of again, dwarves go about their, their, their work and their industry, um, you know, very much in tune and sync with, with a dwarven lifestyle. Yeah. And on top of that, the dwarves don't work in silence. Everywhere that they're working, people are, you know, cracking jokes, singing, Making up new drinking songs because they work together. Like no, it's exactly. not like one guy working on one thing and then another guy on this. It's like a, it's always in group. Like that collaborative aspect you're talking about. It's always teams of dwarves and, and like, toil is not a hardship. No, this is a pleasure. The song and the rhythm, like it's you life. said, Kel, yeah. So, as endless, I don't want to interrupt. Uh, upon entering the temple, if I mean having gone to the back room, uh, he goes up to the altar. Ah, first, right. Yes, and he offers a handful <laughs> of coins. And he kneels and he offers a prayer and says, you know, thank you, Muradin, for your blessings upon me and my allies uh, on my journeys. He, he burned many enemies at your request. <laughs> yeah. Just because he, he helped bring Justin back. Yep. Thanks for and that. Didn't, and didn't kill Baron. Yep. Yeah. No way. He blessed your allies many times. Many times. He's got my speed down. So I was trying to get. Uh, Mark a... also uh, drops a quarter two, and and the bin as an offering. Just two. Or two could have been one. <laughs> could have been just the one. Uh, so I have uh, I have dwarven music that I'm trying to mm. put on. And Ooh, it's dwarven. Hi ho. You probably see at, at uh, intervals yeah, too the uh, the sig sigil of Clan Battlehammer. Brunor, the reclaimer of Mithril Hall and the former king before the time of Shimagrun. It's just a, a large male uh, mug of ale foaming. Um, and you may see you may see that occasionally. Again, if you're gonna see statues of founders and kind of like edifices to famous dwarves, Brunor will guaranteed be numbered among them and the, the sigil of his clan, notorious uh, or not notorious but but famous and uh, revered among dwarvendom would, would be would be uh, prominent. Yeah, he was... His relationship with the barbarians is what brought them here. Yeah, I imagine you would see it as well in Subtlestone, prominently. Yeah. Sorry, my plugin that plays from YouTube is failing. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's, it's skipping a bunch. Give me give me one second to uh, restart the uh, music thingy. It takes just a second. Burner, that's on 
just level? Yeah, it's supposed time. to be. I tried to use computer and shit. Mm -hmm. Nope, that's about right. I've got to handouts for all of you. I should oh boy. say, I should say this. Worksheets? Because there's more. Oh boy. I love to talk. I would say the other thing that we cannot pass up is just the prominence and presence of mithril here. This oh, is, this it's is everywhere. A, 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 this is a substance that is, like, like again, it could, it's of the utmost rarity in Faerun. It just it doesn't exist. People, most people live their entire lives without seeing it. Some without even hearing about it. It's just that rare. It's like gold is as rare there as it is in our world. I mean, and there like, are platinum coins. There are not mithril coins. There are not mithril <gasps> coins. And then to see it, to see it regularly adorning all of the prominent like the street level shops door knockers made of mito yeah like no <laughs> any anyone wealthy enough to own kind of a storefront here on the main kind of thoroughfare would also be wealthy, wealthy enough to, to display kind of like accents of mithril mithril um, leaf sign yeah like like evidence that they kind of connect themselves it's, it has <laughs> this kind of honorific quality and you'll see also Again, in the highest end shops, like wares of mithril that can be bought on the street, which is just a ridiculous thing to assume and probably couldn't be found anywhere else in Faroon. Like, mm -hmm. walk into a mithril shop, like, nah, like maybe one place in mithril, or in like a large place of Waterdeep has a mithril item for sale. And it's like or a spoon, two. it's like a teaspoon. And, exactly. and they're gouging hardcore on it. So, I mean, that, that too will speak significantly just to the level of wealth. Like, it doesn't have to be gaudy. Or like ostentatious to just oh, see to work. see like the the wealth present in, in these kind of accents and and, and 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 goods. Not that. Um yeah, dang. something earthy. Yeah, um we could do this. This is that's no, good. Uh, it's, it's not bad. You could do worse than that. Yeah. Definitely do worse than that. Could, you could do a lot worse than that. Okay, that's pretty good. That's a shame because that was a really good one that that's good. we had, but it's, I'll prepare it better next time. Okay. Baron gives uh, his uh, his offerings. Yeah, and uh, makes his way over to the guest chambers. How does he look? Before he opens this door, Tamar um, is the only one looking at him. So, I mean, that morning, knowing that he was going to be meeting his father, he spent a little extra time uh, preparing himself. Big you know, time. Washed, Big time. bearded, braided, uh, little rings and whatever all in there, looking clean. Uh, he has his red dragon armor on with the nice. symbols of Morden that he has attached. Um, and he, uh, I mean, and he's just with his travel stuff, so he has, still has his pack on his back and his giant shield on his arm. Uh, is, and the shield's clean. The shield is uh, scrubbed, washed, well taken care of. He had Mop take a look at it for him. And, uh, <laughs> Gave it the old elbow grease. Spit, spit shine. Spit shine. Uh, the symbol of Morden still etched prominently on it. Um, One should hope so. And, uh, yeah, but at the same time, a little nervous looking. <laughs> So I've got to be better. I've got, got to be, to be better. better. Just yeah. enough for Dom. Nothing is ever enough. <laughs> there is always more room to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And when Baron opens the door, he sees sitting at a grand round table area for meetings and business. I think they do something more like an octagon. 
are five dwarves. One standing in the headmost table, chair elevated just slightly. No, just by by chance. Not all chairs are made. It's not like dwarves measure by the quarter of an eighth of a Uh, of an inch. Is Baron is Baron Balder, Baron's father. Looking, I mean, Baron looks a lot like Baron Balder. Yeah. Uh, Although Baron's uh, beard wearing... smells nice. <laughs> who's it, who's is not? Nicer. Baron's beard is That's not as nice. Baron's is not as nice. Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah. Baron is a better for every, for every ring in Baron's beard, Baron's, Baron's beard has two rings. And That's one of them nice is mythical. Beard. Yeah. And, and they're mythical. Um, and his robes, while of you, you wear robes? No, you don't wear robes. He's wearing like, armor. Wait. I have vestments, yeah, which I do for various things. So Baron is wearing his vestments. Yeah, he's um, wearing his vestments, uh, probably. And with the with the prominent sigils of the head of the Temple of Morden here in uh, here in Mithril Hall, which is a which is one of the grandest non-governmental stations in uh, uh, in in Mithril Hall. And you did have your armor decorated. Yeah, no, there's it's uh, it's armor that I had my old armor, which was like sort of uh, not like ceremonial exactly, but clearly marked me as a cleric and a Morden with no question. And I transferred those symbols over onto the new armor. That's good. And a big ass shield with what's, it on it too. What's his hair color? Same as Baron. Uh, right? Same as Baron, brown. And looking ball, between ball, the right? two, well, it's the horseshoe. So oh. this is brown. This is just gotcha. shiny skin. Shiny skin. So and, uh, and where uh, and where Baron uh, has got his shiny skin. Baron's got a full head of hair, uh, oh. uh, braided, oh. uh, braided he's had, back. He's had some hair transplants, and, probably. Uh, uh, he knows more magic than Baron. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And sitting behind, sitting beside him, is Baron's mother. Mal- Maldred? Mardred. Mardred Balder, who looks... Give me your description. Um, Mardred is... wears her age very well. She's older than Baron, obviously. Um, and she would be considered pretty much, you know, above middle age for a dwarf. Um, and she has... Um, her hair is red but with streaks of gray in it, which she has braided to have the gray sort of show up almost like silver shining through. Um, and she is dressed formally and very neatly, but not ostentatiously. So, so, so especially in stark contrast to Baron, mm-hmm. who is... Uh, ostentatious and gaudy. Definitely ostentatious in his presentation. Um, but in it, towing that line between gaudy and just no. baller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely baller. Well said. Um, yeah, that's where baller comes from. Balder, it comes from an though. alternate pronunciation of balder. Yeah. Balder. Exactly. Um, and um, perhaps most importantly is that over Mardred's formal, very nice clothing, 
you see that she is wearing a an amber amulet. Amber. Has their little images of souls screaming and swirling yeah. within it. Does, the, does <laughs> the hideous pain of a thousand souls resonate from it? What you say? <laughs> from within. They have lightning. <laughs> I pull out my heavy blaster and she goes pop, 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 pop. <laughs> you look at this. Magic missile. You'll need to look at them. Ooh. Burning. Sitting to the left of Mardred Baldurk is... Sorry, I should have handed these to you like three minutes earlier because you are going to describe... <laughs> oh, boy. Should we take a minute and get some more drinks? Um, I, can I, I can go. But Dan can go. Dan, um, who is sitting to the left of Mardred? How Margaret? much do we read of this? Uh, d- don't read any of it. That's for you, and describe it as. Oh, I see. Here. I see. And I he, they're not saying anything yet. This is just what he. You're just what the, what Baron and Mock see as they walk into the. You read the whole see, thing. You see a, a a dwarven soldier. And you can show the picture. Um. Oh. He's got scale mail. He's got a massive axe there with a with a shield on his like back. Nice, well adorned. This is, a, this is a man who's definitely seen battle. He has shaggy straw-colored hair and hazel eyes. Uh, he has his war axe, uh, short sword. Uh, next to him, next to him is a little, a little, little ball of fur. You see that it is a, a ginger ferret, <laughs> um, which appears to be his animal companion. Um, and you see him sometimes kind of getting up and uh, and kind of like poking at uh, poking at his master here, trying to get little nibbles of food. Um, and that is what he appears to be. Uh, and I mean, Baron, most, most dwarven meetings don't go without refreshments. Like they're at a table, but the table's not empty. And Baron, <laughs> never. yes, there is there is food on this table as well because food and you're sitting here all day. And he grab, um, grabs a couple. There's of ale on their side of the table right now. Like, gets it to the um, So dry. Hang on. Uh, Baron recognizes him as Svari Coppergut. And why does he recognize him? Because. He has sworn a life debt to the Baldur clan when he was rescued after a mining collapse. Baron provided the healing that saved his life. Hmm. Okay. He gives a he recognizes Baron and, and nods. Plug me he lets out him. Ah! Oh, I'm good, thanks. But doesn't follow it up with anything because it doesn't want to interrupt the flow. <laughs> ah! nice. Baron uh, ah. sees him. Oh, uh, uh, and yeah, he is, uh, yeah, okay. that is, uh... No, they're both. Uh, All right, that's it. That's it. It was yeah. your description. So, sitting uh, to the other side of uh, Baron, oh, Baron Baldurk is a female dwarf cleric of the Baronar True Silver. Hmm. She has a round face with long, cold, dark hair pulled back into a high, tight braid and brassy brown eyes. She wears intricate, heavily etched armor marked with the symbols of her clan and Baronar True Silver. Her expression is one of a perpetual insomniac with a headache. She has no time for nonsense. <laughs> for those unfamiliar with the dwarven pantheon, that's the uh, that that Baronar True Silver. That's the name. Baronar yeah. True Silver is the wife of Morden and uh, goddess of I forget all the aspects, but Hearth healing was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Healing, hearth and home, yeah. uh, um, honor, uh, honor and probably truth. Uh, just to be like oh, yeah. all the things that start with H. Yeah. yeah. Healing hearth home. Hondra. <clears throat> Hummus. <laughs> Moral Am- compasses. Does <laughs> you said Baron recognize who this is? Am- um. Yum. 
Does Baron recognize? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I can see why he would. Possibly. Yeah, no. Baron uh, recognizes her as well. I mean, <coughs> he's lived here his whole life. He yeah. recognizes she's a, a lot friend. of people. She's a friend. Yeah. She's, a, she's a friend of uh, Baron. Friend of Baron, yes. Very cool arm. Friend of Baron Baldurk, frequently seen representing the interests of the true silver clerics and paladins at formal political gatherings, gatherings often ends up chatting with the Mord Knights on subjects of philosophy, religion, as well as morality. Hmm. So. Okay. And finally, the only figure that Baron does not recognize oh, in the room. Hmm. Um, you see a another female dwarf. Um, she has a heart-shaped face and long golden waves that extend in short silver adorning mm-hmm. tendrils down the jawline. Um, her eyes are a soft and stormy gray-blue. Uh, her gaze sharp and serious. There are thin scars on her cheek and chest. Uh, which she does not hide. These are from something that uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably, I mean, you might recognize them as, as some, like an animal. Hmm. That kind of thing. So, like a scar in the shape of the I mean, the, well, there's or a lot a of... a scar, like a claw. Like a, like a claw. Fair, okay. I mean, there's there's some... There's some <laughs> yeah, it's a ferret! It's a ferret! <laughs> you better keep that ferret away. It, it's fresh. It's still it's bleeding. It's so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really frustrated. Really <laughs> obvious what just happened like a minute ago. <laughs> I think I, I think you might you might draw conclusions. Um, she's got this um, like full wolf pelt that she's got like draped one, over one side mm. and the other, and the head is like pretty intact still. You know, dwarf human. Yeah, um, dwarf. Dwarf. Okay. dwarf. Um, and she's got a she's got like a like a necklace. But in the um, the the symbol is definitely Amberhelm. Like you recognize that clearly enough. Hmm. Um, and that is everything. Of, he no. doesn't recognize it. the symbol is clearly Amberhelm. Uh, clearly Amberhelm. Yeah. Like if you know the Amberhelm symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah you would. Then uh, yeah. as a quick little reminder for everyone at the table, uh, um, Mardred Balder, the second child, is the second child of uh, Adric Amberhelm. Amberhelm. And Baron's mother. Being Baron's one mother. Being one of the daughters. Um, each of you three dwarves have a mother that is one of the daughters of Yes, we do. Uh, you probably all remember that, just letting... That's, 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 that's a good refreshing. Uh, is the picture. Oh. She's a dwarf, correct? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, all dwarves, ladies. All dwarves. All dwarves. Yeah. Yes, I did get mixed up. The ferret okay. isn't always hungry. The dwarf is always hungry. Okay. I misread that. It doesn't matter. You can play that out because just play out what you guys I will say, I believe that Mardred is the oldest living daughter mm. of important status there. I think that it was said earlier in the season that his eldest daughter was passed. I don't know if that's the case. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't think no, that is okay. true. Okay. All right. Um, I don't think has so. to review the tape. Is the is the <laughs> order of the daughters? The order is pretty, no, no. No. Is the order of the daughters is there a hierarchy there? So like the second eldest is going to be more senior? Yeah. And Basically, so yeah. I mean, only amongst when you're hanging out with Adric's family, not here. Right. Okay, not then I, I retract yeah. I retract my statement, she is just the second daughter. My mom's the youngest. Okay. This is what Baron <laughs> sees. Mabby, this is what Baron and Mock Rick is the see. This is what Baron and Mock see as they walk into the room and Upon seeing them, 
uh, uh, Baron stands up, and then the other four dwarves all stand up uh, uh, immediately afterwards as he uh, he says, Baron and Mock. He says, come in, come in. Uh, Baron steps in. It's, uh, good to be home. And you can see that there are six empty chairs on sort of the other side of this circle table uh, 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 vacant. And he says, he says, he says, you're here earlier than we expected. Uh, we made good time traveling. He says, I am glad to hear that. Sounds like, uh, uh, sounds like you're starting to learn how to make it out there in the world. No comment. <laughs> he'd be doing better if he'd listen to uh, me a bit more often. Uncle Baron, you'd be impressed with some of the feats that I've witnessed myself that your son Baron has completed of his own hand, and by the grace of Moradin, I'll tell you that there's a tale or two to be told there that can be told around this table if it so need be. And Moss slips quickly into a very much impress and elaborate mode, which you've seen him do a number of times in negotiating. He says, I expect there will be time for that. Uh, he says, we will, uh, he says, I would like to hear about what you've been up to, at least the interesting parts of it. And uh, he says, but first, you said you have dire news from Kunjakar. I have called this audience together to hear your tale. He says, I was expecting... You told him who you were with, right? Yeah, you did. I did. You said, I said with Mock, Drustin, and others. Yes. You said you had said you were with uh, uh, Drustin, Drustin Green, my cousin. Uh, and he looks. Uh, he's in Settlestone, right, yeah. along yes. with the others of our party. Not all are dwarves. You're talking about the exile. <laughs> I yes, of uh, Clan Gontelgrim. He says. The story of how you came to be traveling with uh, uh, with this person, uh, he says, well, make that part of your story. <laughs> ah, right. Baron always taking in strays. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he says, well, have a seat. Uh, fine. And he sits down first, and Baron has a seat. Uh, I assume you'd prefer just to talk with Mock and I, not the rest of my party as well. They're just, not dwarves, but uh, they've been they're fine companions. He frowns and he says, Is there some reason that, uh, uh, that a honored priest of Morden is not capable of telling the complete story of what you all have seen together? Because I take it they are traveling companions. Uh... True, traveling companions, but they have also been good allies and good friends in the time I have been with them. And they have seen uh, and been there for the tales that I am to recount. So, other voices. Are they the reason you made us wait this long for you to arrive? Uh, I've only just uh, informed you of my coming but a day. Mm, That doesn't change anything. We waited. Out with the tale, Baron. A story told from a balder tongue is enough evidence for us. We don't need your non-dwarven friends. <laughs> we don't need them. <sighs> you don't belong here anyway. Ah, uh, we just eat all our food. <laughs> right then. Probably. And uh, Baron picks up his stein, takes a big sip, puts it down, and then 
picks up some snacks off the table. Mardred chews on them. the stein and <laughs> yeah. gently pushes it away from him. <laughs> Mark sees the And then she just smiles at him. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh, well, Uncle... Uh, Bear's a bit thrown for loop. He's sort of thinking like, okay, where the hell do I start in this? Mark Jones says, well, Bear, Uncle Baron, perhaps I can tell you some of the mundane details and give uh, Baron a chance to collect his thoughts and uh, really, really ripen the story. He says, oh, so that's why you keep some allies around. He says, I understand. He says, let's hear it, Mock Fohammer. <clears throat> he says, well, <clears throat> the last... Uh, Three of three weeks or so. Mark doesn't know who anyone else is in this room, right? No. Oh, his, his aunt. His aunt and his uncle. Uh, Mardred. He would have yes, seen Mardred and he would have seen, uh, yeah. yeah. Those two, but he has not recognized the other. I'm just. I, I, unless there's some sort of connection, like strong connection where like, they'd be like a family functions or like a September. But I don't. I, it doesn't no, I'm, I'm, I'm simply requesting oh. because there has been uh, yeah, yeah. in real time months of discussion about who you would say anything yeah. to. Yeah. And now you've got unknown people in the room and you're about to start yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. Uh, Great question. Asking no. if there's any request for introductions or any such thing. No, 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 no. So you're going full Justin. Uh, <laughs> well, never go full Justin. I've said nothing. Yeah, that's true. I, um, I, I was simply putting it out there sure. in case it was a, a, a forgotten element that certainly Moth and Baron would not yeah. have forgotten. Uh, and he says, uh, he says it's, we've been on the, the road three long weeks since, uh, since Karundrakar. Must put us back, and he names a date uh, that he left, and we we spent uh, three or four nights there <clears throat> at uh, uh, it, beneath the stone's tooth where we found it. Says, so he says, so you that puts the, you there you the within the first right week after down. the announcement. Uh, he says, oh, he says, oh, we've been on the road uh, so long, the announcement hadn't come forth. Perhaps you could tell me more of that. Uh, he looks to uh, to Raga, the unknown, uh, the, uh, the the unknown dwarf amongst. And what does Raga say? <laughs> no, you're playing Raga. Yeah, but what's what does she what does she know? Well, you know what they've said, and and everything we talked about, and everything that's on the sheet. You want me to? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, take something. Bite him. He he like, he, he looks. Because I'm not. You, you, okay, you don't have to respond in this moment. Um, you can collect your thoughts. He uh, he looks over and then looks back and he says, "The announcement of Kunjakar." He says, "That's uh, why you went there. You must have been." He says, "You must have been very close when uh, when word went out." He says, "Who'd you hear it from anyway?" Uh, we did not hear any news of Kunjakar. He, uh, he leans back and looks around. So I do have to fill in uh, you guys because uh, I've just realized that all of you playing the dwarves here, the human players, Sorry, don't know the news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, like, I'm like, I don't know what. <laughs> what the news? I've been trying to go. Yes. Like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, no. That was my oh, mistake. Should I leave? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. no. Okay. You, you know, they're going to explain <laughs> okay. it. It's fine. You can, you can role play. Excellent. Uh, no, this is public news amongst all of dwarves, except for you two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Svari and uh, Svari, Thori, and Raga, and of course the two Baldurks here, um, uh, know that around four weeks ago, uh, uh, a little more than four weeks ago, in timelines, what Mock just stated, it's about a half a week 
earlier than the rough date he just gave. Yeah. Um, Adric <coughs> Amberhelm. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The announcement was uh, the announcement was actually three weeks ago. Sure. It's three weeks ago. Three. Okay. So more recently than, and I may reach, I may change what. Uh, okay. Sure. What he said, but so three weeks ago, uh, a grand proclamation went out to all of the seven dwarf holds of the Sword Coast, declaring that uh, uh, Adric Amberhelm. Uh, has discovered the lost ruins of the dwarven, uh, the dwarven hold, stronghold. stronghold of Kunjakar. Oh, and uh, that it was his, uh, that it was one of his expeditionary, uh, one of the expeditionary units that uh, that had set out and had uh, and had finally discovered its location and had uh, and had only traveled in enough. To verify, uh, to verify that it is indeed the the stronghold of legend, and that Adric uh, uh, felt that this was such a such an important discovery for all of dwarf kind, that uh, that he, in his infinite uh, in his infinite goodness and altruism, was declaring this the uh, uh, declaring this as a as a site of great ancestral importance to all of dwarf kind and was releasing its location uh, to the seven holds to the seven uh, to, the, to the seven dwarf holds and that uh, each of them should if they desire prepare an expeditionary force to uh, head to Kunjakar and that together a coalition of the seven holds plus Adric uh, uh, plus Adric and his own resources would reclaim and rebuild Kunjakar and there it would stand as a monument to uh, uh, as a monument to dwarf kind, and it would be uh, it would be restored and it would be kept as a uh, as a as a place a pilgrimage destination a place where dwarves could go and learn more about their their history. And he uh, officially cited the rights of oh, I had a name for this the rights of finders keepers the claim yeah the claim. the claim the claim of the discovery he was releasing. As equal ownership to uh, to essentially the eight parties involved here, the seven dwarven holds and his own family, uh, uh, as equal uh, as claimants. equal ownership, equal claimants over the site and the uh, uh, and the the, the treasures maybe. and history and everything found within its walls. We should get the rest of the treasure. No. <laughs> uh, and, but think of we got a lot of it. Think of what we went back for. Yeah, no, this, this is really bad. So, like that is, plundered. and this has been the talk of the seven holds. This yeah. has been, this has been huge. A no. discovery like this, hundreds of years lost, and lost forever, and even so much seen as a, as a, as a myth among dwarves, right? It's not quite Atlantis, but not super far from it, right? A lot of dwarves didn't believe that it existed, so because it was a secret stronghold to begin with. So the idea that it existed and fell, and now it's out there somewhere to find in the great legendary craftsman of Durgaddon, most people just assume that he fell with the rest of his clan in the original orc tack of a, as his original home. Many um, more dwarves that have been legendary and forgotten than currently live today. Yeah. So, that being said, so, three of you, well, the five at the table, <laughs> other than so Mock and Baron, so are all well aware of this, uh, well aware of this clan. It was weeks old. The time uh, and the location. Uh, 
the time that the news went out was three yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. The location itself was shared with the heads of the yeah. seven holds okay. to do it to, to, to prepare or spread the news as they see fit. Yes. Uh, not to oh make sure you keep it a secret. Not at all. The, it, it was to say, yeah, giving it to them to organize how they wanted to organize an expeditionary force or share it with all their people. Whatever they wanted to do, he was giving the knowledge to all of dwarf kind to decide what they would do. At least the civilized dwarf kind. Not Mirabar, yeah. because they're a little bit outside of the... Um, they're not part of the seven... No. Uh, not Mirabar. Fuck them. It's because it's not a dwarven hole. It's not a dwarven hole. There's, there's, there's dwarven settlements and towns and stuff like that. There's oh yeah, there's not, lots of other dwarven places. Yeah. Seems like... Yeah. That is what you guys know. Sorry, I was I was like, you got no, you guys know this. You're these characters. Uh, <laughs> these characters know this. Why don't you know it? <laughs> you guys, so, guys be dwarves their whole lives. So of course, <laughs> of course, uh, uh, Marjorie knows this. That's right. Uh, okay, so that is that is the story. So Mock has said that they were there a month ago. Uh, Baron, that's I, I, I like. Yeah. Screws me up every time. Yeah. Baron's uh, looks be over one. to Raga immediately when uh, Mock says this, and he says, "Are you saying that you were there before the uh, Adric's proclamation went out?" He says, he says <clears throat> "Were you part of uh, Were you part of Amberhelm's original expeditionary force?" No. Uh, Raga, Not at all. Raga bends over. He made. He's made no. No one, no claim that that is the case. He says, I know, I know. I'm, uh, he says, it makes no claim that that is the case. Um, <laughs> we uh, we did not hear any news of Trindricar being found or discovered until I spoke to you in a message yesterday. Why? Why? We were on the road. From Karundrakar. I was... Through the, through the spine of the world. Before we were in the Sunless Citadel... And that is how we found the location of uh, well, I'm a, where Trindricar was. If, if I may, that, that is quite impossible. Excuse me, it's, what? It's impossible. <coughs> I mean, with all due respect, perhaps you have, um, perhaps you are having difficulties with your memory uh, or your time. Raga, it is not for you to say what is possible or impossible. We are here to hear what Bern and Mok have to say. I'd like to hear what they have to say as long as it's the truth. If you doubt the words I'll that I speak... I be careful about claiming, uh, 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 about making accusations of any sort at this table, although we must, uh, he says, I must heed Raga's words that uh, what you are claiming is a, uh, uh, and he uh, sort of chews on his lips. An inconsistency in what is well known amongst all of the seven holds. If you have <coughs> doubt of the words that I speak, I submit myself to a ritual of truth. <laughs> oh, why is Ben always with another trick on the sleeve? Like that healing you gave me so many years ago. <laughs> 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 that healing you gave me so many years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he always please. gives Dan the coolest dick. Check that box. Referred to that as a Making his way through the list. What a chance. Um, Working the hazel eyes. <laughs> his, yeah. his, he blinks his hazel eyes brightly. 
the sun. If you'd like, I can recount my narrative, and then you can perform a ritual and ask specific questions of me. I don't know how we're able to resolve this. Well, I suppose if he's bringing a claim of his own, and claiming in this way that he he was first, um, we would have to, we would have to see to it properly in the judiciary system. Says Raga. How long ago did Adric say that he uh, uh, that he had discovered Kunjakar? And you know the answer to this. I didn't say it on sound three weeks ago. No, essentially six weeks ago. I see it was six weeks ago. He says, that's what I thought. Far long. He says, Adric's claim of discovery of Kunjakar is six weeks ago, weeks before you will have you have arrived. He says by your story. (coughs) Mark says, Uncle we aren't here to make our contestant claims. Oh, We're I simply see. telling a story of us arriving to Kundukar of our own means and uh, spending a few, few days there and coming straight here. He says, Mark, you come from a respected family. And he says, and it is, uh, uh, it is an honor to have you in this temple Here's sitting at this table with us. Uh, and <laughs> he says, but <laughs> he says, you must understand that the uh, he says, that this is a delicate situation. He says, this is a, this is an important time for dwarf kind, for a reclamation of a great uh, stronghold, a, a, a coalition of all, uh, uh, of the seven great holds of the north. A crowning he says, achievement. This is a crowning achievement by, uh, uh, he says, uh, by Adric Amberhelm, and you come here and you start telling a story that conflicts with it. He says, he says, Uncle, Uncle, you misunderstand me. We are coming to you, fine dwarves, under advisement of my cousin, specifically for that reason. We aren't, we aren't some foolhardy, foolhardy young, young whelps touting off our, our claims in the streets for all to hear, for confusion to reign, for the reclamation to be undermined. No, we come to our, our elders who, that, that, may, that may guide us in our stories. He says, would we, if if there was no claim of Amberhelm at all, we would want to trust the story, continue, uh, with with dwarves such as ourselves to help help it come forward in the proper manners. He says, and 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 young young Bern, young Bern has uh, young <laughs> with his father sitting across. Sure, okay, yeah. fine. And, Wee little young. Bern, teeny and tiny Bern. Y- young Bern is. I'm is, not even middle aged yet. <laughs> <laughs> young Bern is 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 guiding in. in what, what he advises the, the, the proper manner to do so, the, the, the proper dwarves to guide. It's just, hmm. it's just barren. It's a wedge issue. What'd you say? It's a wedge issue. A wedge issue. I suggest the problem is division. I suggest mm. that we hear the story in full before trying to verify or discuss any one particular aspect. He says, you're right, you're right, as, as always. always. And, uh, he <laughs> looks, looks at Baron. Amazing. He looks at Baron and says, Baron, my son. He says, he says, when you last left home, you were an honored member of, uh, of this, they call it clergy? The Salvador, or the clerics of Moradin. 
That's the fancy word for Cleric of Morden. Song Lenore? Song Lenore. S-O-N. You're an honored member of the Song Lenore and an honored member of this family. He says, if you tell me now and tell me, uh, uh, and tell me straight that you will speak the truth in this meeting, I do not see a need for the zone of truth. Uh, fine then. He says, on my honor as a dwarf and as the high priest of Morden, I say that my son will speak the truth. He says, is that enough for each of you? I, I trust Ben. Hmm, well, if you say so. It's not so much a question of whether or not it's enough for me, but should this go out to the rest of the families and the rest of the holds at any point, it would behoove all of us to have at least some assurances of truth. Um, whether or not they believe you, that is their own miswisdom, but it will certainly help your son's case if there is certainty. Raga, this is not this is not a court hearing. This is not a uh, uh, he says it is nothing of the sort. We are simply here to hear a story. He says, and as Adrix uh, and as Adrix barrister, you are here to bear personal witness. He says, should should anything come up that needs a larger discussion with all of dwarf kind and the truth and all of the process and all the such, we can figure that out as we go. They can retell it under the zone or whatever the masses may need. But for the people here in this room, do you need it to take it as truth? I am in the minority, perhaps. It is what it is. He says, very well. Your words are truth in these halls. Baron is torn right now. He's been <laughs> the beginning of my... We're all like... in. Go on. <laughs> Mock is what? Shooken. Yeah. Shooken. Don't shook. So, I will do my best with my good wife's uh, assistance to hold my tongue until the story is told. Yes, you will. It's obvious you test the boy. Tell us, Baron! It is the only way. Who's your favorite dwarf? To tell us. Forge iron and some sort of forging metaphor that Metal means under pressure or something, something great works and or something. Diamonds deep in the air. Diamonds and something about stones and gems and stuff. Ah, a priest, not a miner! God damn it. Damn it so, what was it like to look upon those halls for the first time? Mother just shakes her head, starts writing. So Sam is trying to decide whether or not Baron would just throw the whole thing out there, cast <laughs> Dylan, or whether he's gonna go like I said, subtle. Marcus shook it. <laughs> yeah. You do a full dressing? How much mm. I, let's do let's do a quick little let that perfect. Let's do a quick little group therapy. Yeah. Amongst the two uh, players here. Like so you know what's going through You came duet. here to be it's like weird. Hey Pop, let's go out to Settlestone. Gonna tell you the story of my friends. And even more so, you tell us everything you know first. Because Mock's like, okay, right. as long as we can get to know what everyone else knows, we can develop a, hem- a semi-logical strategy for this negotiation. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> now you're in this situation. You get this audience. Now you've heard who Raga is. Yeah. Uh, what's going through your minds? Start with Eric. You've clearly got the thoughts on the tip of your tongue. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like, <clears throat> you just... Like negotiations are delicate, and Mock loves to be the guy who just kind of grab the helm and just kind of roll things forward as he's done many times with this group. But 
most of the time when you're negotiating at high levels, it's just not one, two sides of the coin. There's so many sides. And like Mock was just like, first of all, I'm just not the guy to be delivering the message in this place. It's gotta be banned. And like the worst possible outcome for sure would be like, I'm just gonna go and tell my whole thing and then Baron just decides he needs to tell the whole thing and we just look like we're not on the same page. <laughs> and so like like these things all go through and he's just like, I mean, to make a terrible sports analogy, it's just like I've gotta hand him the ball and be like, the end zone's that way. <laughs> go. And so and so that's where he's like, and he's just like, you know, his cousin who he loves so dearly and is truly a good man, but may, maybe too good of a man. You know, the, the guy who's like gonna pay to help guard a caravan, this type of guy. Uh, and, uh, and he's just like, I mean, it's gonna be what it is. It's gonna be what it is. And like, yeah, I, I mean, there is just no time for strategy, right? <laughs> and so he's just, he's riding the dragon. That, that's Mock, he's riding this dragon. <laughs> Holding on for dear life. <clears throat> Baron is going around in his head and he's like How long does the silence stretch? Uh, it, it, <laughs> uncomfortably long. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, tell us! What's wrong, what's wrong with them? Uh, so in his head he's, he's like, okay, if if I say I'm telling the whole truth, but now I strategically leave things out. You said you're telling the truth, not the whole truth, goddammit. Yeah, his words were not the whole truth for if that if that matters on truth? Baron's, Some he truth. said, the words you speak here will be truth. Now, plenty of interpretations of that. <laughs> and, and, and that again. depends on Baron's personal moral compass. Yes. And Baron is obviously what he hears. Baron saw his father give on his word as everything that he did. And gets. honor. And honor and all the rest of it. So, mm-hmm. at, at this point, while Baron is quietly thinking, um, just following along in the group therapy, Mardred um, also grew up hearing all of Adric's adages, one of which is that um, sometimes a loud laugh can cover up a quiet conversation. And she just laughs and she says, he always was one to gather his words, horrible as writing essays as a child, and laughs heartily. Aye, aye, you're right about that. He says, my boy, if you need to uh, gather your thoughts, you do it. Thorn. Now you know, you know, of course, that <laughs> were it his sister, she'd already have written ten tomes. He says, "Ah, oh, yes, yes," <laughs> and he claps uh, uh, Marjorie on the back and like looks her in the eyes as he reaches his other fist over, grabs his spine she- back. <laughs> takes a, takes another swing, slams it down on the table. Then Mox seizes the moment too, and he stands. And he says, "Well, as my cousin collects his thought, uh, his thoughts, I'll uh, present you and go with a gift." And he takes the torque, and he says, "Made on the anvil of Dargetan himself by my own hand." Mm. He made an iron torque when he when he thought. No, it was, it was, it was, he's it was also the wearing torque. the armor of Dargetan. Let's has, not forget that. Yeah, but it hasn't. But he hasn't been remarked upon. And yeah. he's wearing a cloak too, so it's not like in its full resplendence. Yeah. Um. So again, not that's hidden, but basically he he, he comes over and yeah. he, he just or he offers it across the table to his uncle and he says, uh, he says uh, a trinket I made in remembrance upon Dargetan's own forge. Um, he says, uh, uh, a mere trinket in and of, of itself, but something that I can leave behind with family. He says, um, hi, Mock, and he holds it up, and he says, it is a 
It is a sign of your great skill that you would call such a delicate thing a mere trinket. And he says, I accept this gift on behalf of the Temple of Moradin with honor. Uh, Of course. He passes it around the table for everyone to inspect. Yeah. Hmm. He says, under Gen's own forge, you say. He says, uh, an anvil which taught me some of its secrets. He says, so it is still standing after all these years. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. <laughs> he takes another drink. Thori, so Thori, Thori looks at it. Impressive, an impressive distraction. Is it so difficult to tell the truth? I see you before us, but we still wait. I'll accept no less. He says, "Come, come. The truth Thorin. must be." He says, "Some truths must be spoken carefully." What kind of truths? And for that he goes, uh, like, you get this, like, slight thing, like, he was a little bit trying to help stall for his son, because, like, there's a little his honors, a little bit tied up in this now, and he's like, uh, well. he's not used to being challenged at all in his position. Yeah. All right. Baron says, I will tell my tale. But the reason I have been pausing for so long is there are elements that are I would prefer to discuss with my uh, father and uh, mother in private company first, for they are delicate, and I prefer not to. Uh, I prefer advice before I proceed, if that makes sense. Well, it is so delicate that you cannot say among your fellow dwarfs. Ah, uh, the sort of thing that I would prefer to talk to my parents about with first. That is just circular logic. Aye. So, I'll tell Bear, the things that gives, I know for certain. Gives... Bear, <laughs> Baron look like, looks at I mean. His gaze immediately slapped, snapped to Raga as, you, as, as Baron had said this. And uh, he just speaks and he says, It is, uh, he's speaking to Baron, but still like looking at Raga and he says, It would be acceptable to... Uh, to share some things with us if you feel the need, of course. Hi. I will speak uh, only truth and uh, for now. Um, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> An interesting <laughs> turn of phrase you'll pick up. No, I will speak. My story will not be complete because I'm afraid the company is uh, not ideal, but I will share what I can. Sorry, looks hurt. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, but I do not know. Has a face. I am not a politician. I am only a cleric. Oh, yes, he's very not. Baron pushes his stein over towards his wife, and his wife his takes it and <laughs> looks into it, and is like, it looks like she's contemplating drinking, and then just pushes it further away. So what he then recounts uh, is first <laughs> finding. Uh, the piece of parchment indicating the locations of where Kruntrakar could be found in the Sunless Citadel. Doesn't mention that Adric was there. Okay? Leaves that bit out. Uh, traveling uh, doesn't mention assassins. Okay? Okay. Uh, I like this. The what doesn't Baron mention game? Yes. Yeah. So, Can I fill in minus? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, keep going. Yeah. Uh... Uh, traveling to Mirabar, no reason to hold anything back there. All the shenanigans in Mirabar, don't see any reason there. 
Um, talks about Blasting Dell. Uh, I mean, talks about being about attacked. How with... That's not going to look great for me. No, he doesn't. <laughs> doesn't only the, only the pertinent bits. Very great for you. Um, I just would guess. <laughs> he does talk about Drustin's death and revival because that's interest. Uh, if Morgan brings father. it back, yeah, that means something. Yeah, yeah. Um, talks about finding Kundrakar, battling the the orcs and the other various creatures there. Um, the Dwergar, Nightscale. Uh, uh, Do you bring up Dax? Does he? Uh, he. He said no mention of the assassins before. He doesn't bring up the mention of the assassins. He doesn't mention Dax. He does doesn't mention. Does he Baca. mention Ricka's recall? He does mention Ricka, and he does mention that Ricka was called away. Does he mention that it was by Adric? Uh, I don't see. Yeah, I doesn't see any reason to hide that. Yeah. And what about the journal? And what about the armor that he's wearing? Uh, the what armor, about? obviously, no reason to hide that back. Nope. <clears throat> also mentions the hammer of all souls. That's a big one. Mm. Uh, yeah. Does mention the, the hammer of all souls? Does mention the hammer of all souls? Probably go. Yeah. And the, the uh, and the charge specifically on his group for being the ones who found it, but it's their task Does, to undertake. I'm guessing that Baron like almost jumps out of his seat with questions. He's like he's like growling his lips and like like he's like fidgeting in his like, chair. Like when I said to say the truth, I didn't mean like. Say huge things, <laughs> and he, he's he's a calm, level-headed guy. He's the head of the uh, the the temple here, but he's like he's like there's like so much to comment on, so much. But so he, much. Yeah. he said he would be quiet, and, and he is a man of his keeps word. Looking at him like her hands under the table, like gripping his leg, like don't mention the journal. Don't mention the journal. Don't mention the No mention of any of the Adric parts of the connection. Including the assassins. Uh, correct. Except for the part where he calls He's Rick. holding calls that part back initially. Oh, Rika. Rika. Except for Thank the Rika you. recall from yeah. Magic's on work. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I'm mixed up with Raga. Stray is enthralled. Absolutely. This is a great story. Raga certainly seems enthralled. She's right. Was worth now. the wait. Thori still looks pissed. <laughs> God, why did that take such a long pissed. That's just her face. <laughs> She's just alone. And what does he finish the story with? Uh. Brings it up to uh, present day, and then including traveling. visiting the Goliaths and uh, uh, sure, and 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 to, and tales of Snowbane, and you know, getting information and that nothing had been word of her, and uh, we'll have to look, continue looking for information there. And you talked about this uh, the face. group, the half drow, and the <laughs> talked about the group, talked about the members of the party at length. Did you make her um, no, I just colored them in. They're like that. Normally. He just specifically—he doesn't mention anything about uh, Nasala. No reason to really bring that part up. Yeah, the the yeah. things that are irrelevant. Yeah, the things that are completely aside. From yeah, the what he doesn't talk Rex about Dax. The Assassin's Guild, like Abek. Abek <laughs> doesn't talk about Abek. No, that's befriended an orc. Killed, we killed, killed all of the orcs. Father turns out maybe orcs are all right after all. We killed many orcs. So many orcs. Okay. The good story is wiles and effect on him. Yeah. So. Uh, but he definitely tells tales of his companions, of especially of Bear Joss, and she's, uh, you know, dwarf proven so herself happy that you did. A, a noble so ally. So and, and the story is the artifacts of Kunjakar that you have found. Yes. Every single thing you found. Uh, the, the belt, the, most notably the belt, the magic item that was then reforged into Mox's uh, head shaver, yeah. and the uh, armor. 
Yeah. The journal. But not the journal. Oh, but no, explicit. Not Anything journal. that's Adric. But yes, the book. Adric scandal stuff is missing. Except for Adric recalling Rika. Which is a weird little note. Which is a little note now. It's the only mention <laughs> of Adric in the story. Mm-hmm. And then you say your final words. Are, and then I'm saying... And, and we arrived here. And, and that's all I have to here. say about that. Um... Uh, everything I've said is true. There are other elements of the story that I'm holding back for oddly political reasons. But everything I've spoken is true. You resurrected your cousin? And Baron kind of smiles and he says, I... (laughs) 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 Oh, that's Master! Master Balvin for ya! He says, Baron... Like father, like son! He says, Baron, he says, I'm proud of you. I Thank don't you, think Father. He faints. Uh, Mardred looks at Baron and just says, Have you ever done that? Uh, Quietly. Uh, he says, He has now given me reason to. And I'm sure he could. He's just a very busy man. No one that important has died under my watch. Well, it's a, <laughs> typically, it's a tricky spell because. It's only worked within a minute. Mm. Yeah. So it was a combination of spells that Baron oh, worked yeah. that made it work yeah. off. He says, that's what's oh. fast thinking. I, you know that my thoughts have long dwelt upon my recently deceased wife. He says, I... He says, I was noticing that that part was not mentioned in your story and was feeling good about that. Until this moment. And here we are. And he here says, we it are. is unbecoming. It is not the topic of this conversation. We'll... In our private company, perhaps that is what you want to talk about later with me and your mother. Uh, and he says, "Fine, family business." And he waves off the others. Uh, <laughs> I am leading this meeting. I am, We're far past I am the boss of this meeting. He looks around. At everyone else is, is no one else jumping up with questions at the end of it. Um, I mean, butt in. Raga's butt not in. The type of be yeah, sorry. If you are enjoying the story, and he's he's um he. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't want to, like, do group therapy for his thing, but, um... No, no, yeah, just speak if you can. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's, um, he's enjoying it, he, um, he, and, no, yeah, he hasn't commented on the, like, wait, this doesn't add up. I'm just wondering when he finishes the story, is anyone else clambering for floor time? That's fine, if the answer's no. The flaws no, down. Uh, ah, uh, you resurrected your friend? Ah, uh, my cousin, I... Mm. It's obvious that you are blessed, but... You seek to bring back your wife? That is not a matter for this discussion. Well, it is a question of your judgment, using such a blessing for questionable purposes. He says, his judgment is not on trial in this room. And this is not a trial. What about consorting with unsavory characters? He says, I will repeat, he says, we are here to hear about what the findings in Kundrakar are. I have given my word that truth is being spoken today. I will have a discussion with my son separately as family business about the company he keeps and about the quests he finds himself on. And on that note, um, I would like to talk a bit about the items he has found. He says, yes, yes, I know that you would bring this up, Raga. My two questions. Where are they now? Where are they now? The items. In the possession of... There's armor, obviously, very impressive. Myself and my companions. Let me see that axe. A pole arm. 
Mox slides it across the table, hilt first. As this is happening, I ask merely because it seems you have left it in the company of non-dwarves that is highly unorthodox. You've been in this position before with hammers of this level of power, and he leans into her and like like. Tell me more. Tell me more about the power. Uh, he says, uh, "Hammer of all souls." Hammer of all souls. My cousin was extremely explicit about that. What are your questions? I am curious. Some. It seems to be a highly important dwarven artifact. Aye, apparently crafted by Moradin himself to be gifted to the god god Snowbane, the Goliath god Snowbane, as reclaimed by my Goliath companion, Bearjaw, as she... Claimed by a Goliath? Aye. Is this this typical of your your family? Do they do this? He says, he says, as I believe Mock was trying to say to you, uh, he says... Uh, orthodox is not exactly uh, is as precedent is not exactly something that we can fall back upon for artifacts found crafted by our god uh, uh, by, by the by the all father himself he says such a claim will of course have to be verified mm-hmm. uh, we believe that all the uh, evidence to be positive was presented to you but of course we would want to verify via uh, via our own means to see what this is yes. he says he says, but, uh, he says, I dare say that even I and my station would have no uh, precedent to fall back upon for such a, uh, for such an unusual discovery. Precedent in what like, way? He says, uh, he says, Raga. Forgive me, I'm merely trying to understand your thinking. He says, I understand. You are here to make sure that Adric's interests in, uh, in sharing the claim of Kundakar equally with the Seven Dwarf Holds is upheld. That is why you were invited here. We did not know this was the story that was going to be told, but hey, look, it turns out that you are a great person to invite here. Honored guest. Ah, 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 Master Fohammer! <laughs> how many foes have you felled? Felled in twain with this mighty blade after you moved the enchantment over? Uh, Maka... <coughs> You know, strokes his pate and he says, <clears throat> I call it head shaver. Ooh. And he says, It can be, it can be several. We didn't play out. Ooh, little, I was, was going to go with, No one seemed to bother me since I've carried yeah, it. That's fair to do too. Uh, <laughs> he says, he says uh, I'm still looking for the opportunity. I'd love to hear how it. How it why am I doing the script? <laughs> <laughs> Muscle memory. You are. I'd love to hear how it fills in battle. I After said, you get a chance to test it out, well, it wetted itself in blood a few times to get to where uh, to where it was able to receive that enchantment, uh, and, uh, and he says, "You'll see that uh, you'll see that uh, that silvering on the outside works dangerous good against the whites." And and the belt also. Uh, Is this also within the possession of the Goliath? Aye. He says, the accounting shall be done at another time. He says, what is most pertinent is understanding how it is that you found Kundakar within weeks of Adric Amberhelm finding Kundakar. He says, says, and missing each other entirely, for that seems to be the story that is being told here. Uh, Very strange. Do we have any specific accounting of Adric's expedition? Who it was, what they found, how they know that they were there. Baron looks to Raga. Well, I don't 
Kaylin doesn't know that information. Uh, uh, no, Raga, well, so Raga represents Adric's uh, best interests as mm-hmm. his barrister. Right. Um, but, uh, Raga is also, does is not in possession of, nor does she have any specific knowledge of uh, such, like, Okay. Hard evidence that yeah. Mock is, is challenging with. Uh, I'm afraid I'm only here as a representative, um, not as a keeper or a bearer of knowledge. I see. Um, I am, as I said, representing his interest in this matter. Um, the Kununukar situation is uh, very delicate at this time, so it is important to me to be aware of all interests and all, all developments, including this one. Does I anyone. Have one question. Oh, I was going to say one more thing on that. Well, I hope not. Does, does anyone know the location of Karundukar in this room, besides my cousin and I? Ah, uh, you said mm. the information was, did, did come out of where, how, who had been told? Barand says, I, he says, I, uh, uh, he says, I am one of the, uh, uh, one of the several possessors of that knowledge here in Mithrahal. I cannot say, who knows, in the others, but the leaders of the, uh, of the different halls were given the location of, uh, of Kundrakar to, uh, to share as they felt fit for organizing their own expeditionary forces. And King... Uh, What's first? No, King, uh... Dagnabbit, I think. Dagnabbit, are you fucking kidding me? No. Nope. Um, King Dagnabbit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says on the wiki. Do Dagnabit. Dagnabit. Blame R.A. Salvatore. Yeah. yeah. Blame God the... damn it, R.A. Blame the fucking joke Dad character it, stuck around. Yeah. That'd be all, right, all right, Baron says, King Dagnabbit, uh, <laughs> he says, thought it uh, fits to share with me uh, for the uh, for the priests, uh, for the for the Temple of Morden is heavily involved in organizing the expeditionary force that we sent out three weeks ago. Well, as I said, I've not been in contact, nor any of my party, with the heads of any of the clans. We deduce the location uh, from the scrolls of some archaeologist who had deduced the location that my again my cousin Drustin had worked out. And you'll have these scrolls? <sighs> it's been some time on the road. I don't know. He said something about them dissolving after he managed to handle them. I'd have to go talk to him again. No, it's, it's, stone. Huh. it's only a matter of us providing the location yeah. and any amount of people in Mirabar, in Blasingdale, the Goliaths. Our story can be corroborated in many ways. Whether we were passing like ships in the night or not with, with Adric's own people is entirely unknown to us. But given the fact that we were able to walk here from Korundrakar directly, this is our first stop with these artifacts. Before <clears throat> you honorable dwarves, Surely, surely we can come to an agreement that we went where we said we did in the timing that we said we did. He says, aye. He says, the timing does indeed work out. He says, I myself participated in the uh, the discussions and the calculations of the travel time it would take for our expeditionary forts to reach Kundakar. As you know, Raga, he says, it is of great interest to Mithril Hull to send out an expeditionary force as soon as possible, for we would be the first ones there, other than uh, Adric's force, of course. He says, there is some uh, there is some petty honor to be found in uh, in being the first to arrive. Well, it is all shared equally, of course. He says, he says it's still cool to be there first. <laughs> I wish Very you would cool. not try and speak like the young folk. Uh, uh, <coughs> 
wouldn't it be wouldn't it be trivial to <clears throat> simply ask each of the leap there's leaders of the holes, the whole what they call kings. 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 They're kings. Yeah. To ask each of the kings <clears throat> who they had told. And then we would have nary a doubt. He says bring the rest of the kings into this would be best. He says, that is not the time for that quite yet. I need to hear out the rest of what my son has to say. He says, to that I can guarantee you that some of them have spread it far and wide. He says, the different ways that the kings work are as varied as the stars in the sky, if there were seven stars in the sky. And the... Just a few arrangements. Several arrangements that it could be, and he says, he says, I am certain that word has leaked out uh, uh, from probably more than one of the holds about the exact location, uh, the location, especially once the expeditionary forces have uh, uh, have set out from each of the holds, which by now they are surely all on the road. He says, he says, you, they certainly could have learned of the location from uh, from one of these other sources, but they did not. For my son, on my honor, as the head priest of the Temple of Moradin of Mithra Hall, he says, was speaking the truth in his story just now. He looks at his son as he says this. Not nervous about it, just like giving his son a chance. Fair nods. Okay. And, uh... Except, again, I said, for the things I held back for political reasons. But says, everything I have mission. said is true. He says, please tell us, Baron, if... Uh, is any part of your omission have anything to do with how you found the specific location of Kundakar? No, as I said, that was gleaned from an archaeological, an ancient archaeologist from the ruins of the Sunless Citadel. He says so that is good enough for me. What this means is there must be an explanation of how Adric and my son and his companions have found Kundrakar on their own independently in such a short time frame as unlikely as it may be. Hmm. Player Christian, uh, when did we say that the announcement came out? Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Which coincides with, like, basically when you guys left Kundrakar, which was yeah. three weeks ago. Okay. Very, very close to the same time. And then but we have uh, Raga and Baron had to discussed earlier about the, what was the thing about the six weeks that uh Adric claims that he had found it six weeks ago found the location and then started and then, sending then and then found the location and then three weeks later had made the announcement okay. which would be normally yeah. like, a huge discovery let me talk with all my advisors and figure out what we should do yeah. the legal documents necessary to split it up between the things like that doesn't raise any like we wouldn't among the among these people in the room like yeah of course yeah. Three weeks is actually remarkably quick to come to that decision to, to do that. There are many kings that would sit on that for 12 months before deciding what to do. 12 years. 12 years. Or, or, years. or just yeah. dwarves, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like basically let people know once they completely repopulated the place and be like, by the way, we found it two years yeah. ago. Woo-hoo. It's ours. And now the dwarves Woo. would be like, wow, you told us so quickly. Well yeah, done. That's awesome, man. When can we come visit? Nah, later. We're still making sure it's not. Yeah, so three, three four, four yeah. 25 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, just tell us when. Hold yours. Is that great? We'll put um, it on the calendar. So, he says, he says, so, he says, by my estimation, I could see that Adric discovered Kundrakar six weeks ago. He deliberated on what to do with this discovery for three weeks. According to his uh, message sent out, he did not even explore the inside of Kundrakar, just enough to verify what uh, what it was 
and saved the rest to be explored as a collaborative effort among the dwarf holds. He says, it is therefore reasonable that he either uh, did not leave a force behind to hold the gates of Kunjikar at being hidden for this entire time. It could be reasonable that he found it in his wisdom to simply leave it until he could find what to do with it. Or perhaps there were more exits and entrances to this place. As my son said, they did not explore every place of it. Perhaps one of these other hallways or doors uh, has led to another entrance where Adric's people were all sitting in cots. He says, and... Two weeks after Adric had discovered uh, discovered it and was still uh, uh, figuring out what he wanted to do with this discovery, my son and his companions showed up at Kunjakar at either a different entrance or one when the others were away. He says, explored it, never ran into Adric's men if they were even there, men and women, excuse me, and uh, kinsmen, dwarves, kinsmen, kinsfolk. dwarves, never ran into Adric's dwarves, kinsfolk, and uh, <laughs> and. He says, and then left without ever crossing paths and uh, and came to us and uh, in doing so likely have violated no claim of uh, no, well, let's not even get into that part of it. I am getting ahead of myself. He's like looking at Raga, like worried that she was about to jump on that. You're a cleric, not a barrister, dear. Um, He says, hi. Those are all very good. Um, points very well thought out and they are very good points I, I appreciate I... how thoroughly you discuss them um, one question though if I may uh, considering uh, your truthfulness and your honor in this way um, I know you cannot share these other things with me uh, as they are personal I, but I do wish to ask one question about them if I may um, is anything that you are not divulging of interest to Adric? I will not uh, speak on this matter how should he know what is of interest to Adric or not? He is not even Clan Amberhelm. He is a Baldurk. It would depend on what he had to say. But I appreciate the answer, such as it is. Baron takes in a deep breath at this one. <laughs> says, I am eager to hear the other part of the story. And he says, I have no further questions. Do you have any other questions for my uh, for my son and uh, nephew? And nephew? Oh, you were Ah, yes. are you sure <laughs> you can't tell us all? <laughs> With regret. Uh, no. Right. I have one more question. Can someone please figure out if it is Kundrakar or Karundrakar? <laughs> he says, we were hoping that you had, uh, uh, in our discussions this morning, we were hoping that you had found some records that clarified the pronunciation. Very he says, it's used as an odd, an odd, uh, uh, not commonly used dwarven, uh, uh, dwarven sigil as part of its name, and it has been of great debate amongst the seven holds. It is infuriating to me. Perhaps it depends on how cold it is. How did Arundel <laughs> pronounce it? Did he ever say it? <laughs> well, since I was playing it, I would have said Kroondrakar. It's Kroondrakar. Arundel's name is actually Undel. Did you speak of the ghost and cleansing Dragon's body? You, yes. you did, right? You said everything that wasn't Adric's yeah. specific stuff. Not anything that the ghost said about Adric. You sure? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you left out all the Adric. <laughs> Leave out what the ghost. Then the Rundle said, "Be true, be, be hive," and uh, 
Betrayed. I was betrayed. Betray. Who's the ghost betrayed by? I can't say. No, you can't lie. So you have to. He said some he stuff. My son. And muck. And muck. Son, uh, nephew. Nephew. <laughs> he says, I would like to hear the remains of your story, but in uh, in deference. Mm. Deference is yeah, deference. Depends on in deference what the words to Raga, respect. with respect to Raga and uh, Adric's interests that she represents, he says, I must ask that you nor any of your companions leave the vicinity of Settlestone, uh, Settlestone or the Hall. And he says, until we oh. consider this ma- this matter resolved, for the ownership of the items that you have found in Kunjukar, he says. He says, even with my, uh, he says, even with my interpretation of events, he says, will be in great question. And he's like looking to Raga, being like, you do not seem to speak, I understand. She's just he shaking says, her head like, no, no, no. He says, will be in question. This is not a matter for, uh, and he says, and I say this not, uh, uh, not in interest of Abdric's prophets or anything, as you have heard, it is the ownership of all dwarven kind. These things belong in a museum. Oh, if only Justin were here! <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark stands like that and he says, Uncle, this armor, that axe, and the hammer, you haven't even seen it. He looks at him and he says, they don't belong in a museum. They belong on the battlefield. She kind of... Stronger kind of leans back like and this, this is, guy's just telling you. This shit. is a, this is a warrior to a to a cleric, and he says he says uh, there was some question as to why the Goliath has the hammer, and that's because it was made for a Goliath, and you don't kill a dragon with a Goliath with a godly hammer, made for Goliath, and not use them to its most capable uh, effect. He says, likewise. You would not be allowing your cousin, or your son, and myself, and our companions to do what we need to do by keeping us, keeping us here unnecessarily. Uh, so I ask you, how much time, uncle, do you think we would need to be here at, at, uh, uh, at the, at the hall? He says, he says, I think the answer to that question would best be uh, deferred until after I hear the rest of this incomplete story. Aye. Thank you. And we'll continue next week. Yeah! <laughs> it's very hard playing this character. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Oh if I had better job. practice, I would have... You did you're so good. Well, you I had... felt so freaking tense. <laughs> I'm just like, ah! you, you absolutely had... Liars! Difficult role to play. Safari was fun. Safari was great. Uh, Safari just well, gets to be like, Ferris, you saved my I life. I love you, Ferris. I love you. I love you. You're doing great, man. Either. You're like, telling Big B. I like how the, the true silver cleric was just like completely digging in on the front end when we were like stalling. And then the story was so fucking awesome that she's just like, I don't have a leg to stand on here. <laughs>